The views, comments, stories, and opinions shared within this podcast are my own or those of my guests, and in no way represent the views of the company or companies that I or we work for. All stories, events, and tales shared within this episode may or may not have happened in the manner in which they are told. They may or may not have even happened at all. The details have been changed to protect the innocent and the guilty alike. This is Scott Minimum 200, 100 above. 50, 40, 30, 20, 10. Retard, retard. That's why I have a transformer in the Yeah, uh, it was shaking pretty bad. Uh, right now, 1-6 right is just there from 1-R day, landing at your own risk, ATC 0. Roger that, sir. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Yeah, you should have seen all the transformers going on. Hey, safe, I think. What's the wind? Wind 0-2-0 zero, zero at 2-1, gusting 3-9. Uh, the departure wind is uh, zero four zero. Well, this is on park. Say again. We haven't fun yet. You're listening to Squawk Ident, an aviation podcast dedicated to the journey and the challenges surrounding the life and career of Aviator Tony, his co-hosts, and his guests. Together, we will explore the many pathways to an aviation profession, the realities of what a professional aviator can expect in today's marketplace, and we share many stories along the way. I'm your host, Aviator Tony, an airline pilot currently flying for a legacy airline with close to 20 years on the flight line. This is episode 59 of Squawk Ident, recorded on the 14th of October, 2020, from the Aviator Sound Studios from somewhere in Southern California. Today I'm joined by my magnificent Squawk Ident co-host. That's right, both Rob D. and Captain Roger join us today for this very special episode of the Squawk Ident podcast. We recently had the privilege to have on the show some very special guests that shared their amazing journeys in both aviation and internet stardom with us. One of them got their start in aviation at a thrift store a few years back, where a chance encounter with the other's wife brought the two together. The pair have since brought laughter and smiles to countless aviation aficionados around the world. So without further ado, let's kick off the show. Well, joining us is another exceptional aviator today. He's a professional CFI, I, and MEI flight instructor, a former Embraer 145 airline pilot, a King Air instructor, a Falcon 2000 commander, and a corporate operator as well. He joins us from his spectacular week-long stint in St. Martin, a layover hotel where the mini bar has run dry, but the sunshine and the beaches are plentiful. Please help me in welcoming back to the show our very own Captain Roger. Captain, how the heck are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, Tony. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's good to see you. Well, thanks very much. It's great to be here. Joined, uh, joined by a couple of fantastic aviators here. Don't crack under pressure. You got this. Thanks. Also joining us today is another wonderful Squawk Ident crew member. He is a former international and professional racquetball champion, a member of the 9G Club, an AMP and avionics tech, an RC aircraft commander, a pickleball master, a commercial drone operator, and currently a 737 pilot for Legacy Airlines. The name here that we use on the show is an alias to our employer, a U.S. mainline carrier. From his fortress of isolation, where construction crews have nearly completed putting in the panic room, from somewhere in Flower Mound, Texas, help me in welcoming back to the show, Mr. Rob D. Rob, how the heck are you? 
What's going on, Tony? I'm doing really well. Happy to be back. And you're right. It's uh, it's it's nice that my house is getting put back together because it's been a mess for the last two weeks. Yeah, I, I can only imagine to have your flooring ripped up and your life turned upside down, only to have it put all back together in pieces. Yes, and it's still not done, but the, there is a light at the end of the tunnel and we can see it. It's getting brighter. We just hope it's not a freight train coming in the opposite direction. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. Well, I've got to admit, I have been really looking forward to having our next guest on Squawk Ident for quite some time. I first stumbled across his YouTube channel about two years ago, and I've been a fan ever since. He is a true airline professional. He is the most senior pilot for the airline that he works for, where deep discounted airfares are the only highlight to their operation. He was a featured guest in an article in AOPA entitled, People Never Forget to be Silly. You have seen him on the YouTubes or on the socials, where he delights his followers with instructional videos about the harsh realities of today's aviators. From commuting to computer-based training and an occasional song highlighting topics such as aviation acronyms to IOE to MELs, all the way from Speed Tape Airlines headquarters. Help us and welcoming to the show for the first time, Captain Roger Victor. Captain, it is a pleasure to have you and how the heck are you? It is a pleasure to be here. I'm having a great time. You're doing a good job. Keep going. Thank you. Thank you. Keep going. Well, here on Squawk Ident, we focus on the aviation journey of today's aviators. So let's start out the show with your very special journey. How did your journey get started? Is it true, the rumors, that you actually started your journey on the shelf of a local thrift store? Well, first off, I cannot, I can neither confirm nor deny that story. But here's how it happened. <laughs> so there it was sitting in a bin next to an old teddy bear. Some lady comes around. She picks me up, buys me. She bought me cheap <laughs> and then brings me back to her house. She gives me to her husband. That guy next to me. He's the elephant in the room. We're just going to make sure we know you're there. It's OK. All right. Now <laughs> she gives me to him. He decides he wants to make me a pilot. Next thing I know, I got a uniform on and I'm flying a jet. Wait, wait, hold on a minute. That's what? all it took? Yeah. What happened to all that, you know, years of training and hundreds of thousands of dollars of training costs? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I know. I get it. I get it. You That's, got it through osmosis. Through I got it through osmosis. It's, it's nepotism. It's who you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about who you know. And uh, I happen to know a guy and he just... Brought me into the flight deck. Well, I got to say, you look really sharp there, Captain. Uh, you know, how did Thank that you. ensemble all come together? Well, this is only the top quality you can get. Crew outfitters, no. So this is like top notch. They wish they, and this is like Versace, oh, what I'm wow. wearing right now. Yeah. Lucky. Versace, the head is Armani or is it Amazon? One of the two. It's either Armani or it's Amazon. You look it up, you find it. But it's it's top quality. And, and the mustache, man, this is... Top grooming right here. Yeah, not a hair out of place. I love it. I was going to say, it's within great. rags. Yeah. You know, it doesn't extend beyond your corners of your lips, and it's perfect. It's perfect regulation. They can't give me shit about it. Yeah. I'm sorry, can I say those kind of words you here? You can. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is a grown-up yeah. show. 
Oh, it's a grown up show. Hell yeah. Okay. You're a good company, my friend. Good company. <laughs> oh, look at that. Yeah. I want to have a drink too. Yeah. Not in uniform, though. You might not give the wrong impression off, but that's a, whatever, give, you, know what? whatever you want to do. I have to uphold high standards. Yeah. You are very right. True. Yeah, very yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. Can, you, can you change me? No. Okay. <laughs> Crap. I'll have one for you, Captain Roger. I have other clothes, okay? He just never puts me in them. Uh, you know, and that's kind of, that's got to be embarrassing too. I mean, he undresses you, he cleans you. What, I mean. He talks to me. Oh, that's nice. He asks for my advice. You know, that, that's for a great idea. I, I think I might need a, a friend to ask advice that I completely control 100%. When you talk to yourself, people call you crazy. When you have a puppet, you're a puppeteer. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. That, that's how it works. But. We're nowhere near as creepy as ventriloquists. Oh, so there's a difference. Huge difference. Oh, explain this to me, please. Okay. If you looked at Bozo's face right now, you would see his mouth making the same words I'm making. Uh... A ventriloquist keeps their mouth totally still. Mm-hmm. And then their dummy or puppet talks for them. You don't know if the puppet's alive or not, or the word's coming. He can make your toaster talk. Uh-huh. Okay. Captain Rogers, something people. tells me that you would make a very good ventriloquist. Me? Yeah, I probably could. You'd probably be really public. good at it. Yeah. yeah. You could probably make Bozo right, talk on. without moving I'm gonna your make, lips. I'm going to make this marker talk. Oh. Here we go. Okay. Hi. I'm a marker. You didn't see my lips move, Not at you? all. Nope. Not at That's all. unbelievable. Oh, that was I would pay to see too. that. You know, I, I think there's a, a, a Vegas like show uh, in the works here. There better be. Penn and Teller can move out, make room. America's the name got, got in. talent. Oh, mm-hmm. AGT. Well, there's been some, you know. Airlines got talent. There's been some puppets Industry. on there. There you go. Air, oh, airlines got talent. Airlines got I talent. Think, I think you got the spin, my friend. I got the spin. You got the spin. Speaking of spin, your training. You said you, uh, you did a little bit of training through... You know your handler. Uh, should I just yep. say bozo? Okay, I know that's not because I'm trying to you know be mean to your handler. I just I know that's no, what no. You, he chose it. Yeah, that's what you call your handler. You know, bozo, and mm-hmm. and so that's what we're gonna refer to to bozo when we're we're speaking about him. But you know, you have been able to learn through his journey in aviation, and that's really become your journey in aviation. And do you he signed f- off my entire logbook? D- did he in one? Was it one yeah, entry? He did, or he's an instructor. What was it? One entry, or was it a, a logbook full of entries? Well, it's full of entries. Lots and lots and lots of entries. You got to, you know, when they look at your credit, you, you got to make sure that they get tired of looking at your stuff. If you ever gone to a logbook review and you put, you know, you put a big stack of logbooks, they'll thumb through like one or two. If you put one logbook, they're going through every single page. Now, what happened at Speed Tape? Did they go through your logbook extensively, or how did that work? Well, at Speed Tape, I met this guy named Louie, and Louie's like, "Hey, I want to start an airline. You want to fly with me?" Yeah, do impressions too. And I was like, sure, I'll fly an airline with you. What do you have? And he goes, I have half of an Airbus. Half an Airbus. Yeah, yeah, they have some Boeing, but we'll make it work. So we got together and I wrote the manuals, which was like, you know, up is back and down is forward. You know, uh, I put a note, pedals are not for braking. No. Just for braking, rather. Oh. And, uh, that's how we started. Yeah. That's how we started. I'm the, I was the first pilot. We hired one more. Staffing is terrible. Mm. Yeah. 
Yep. But but you know but through this seniority, so you you've become quite important at your airline being the number one pilot. Does that make you the chief pilot too? I am the chief pilot. I am the most senior pilot of our union, which makes negotiations really difficult. And uh, you know, I, I call the shots, and then Louis tells me I'm wrong. Oh, he tells you you're wrong because what does Louis yeah. represent as the dispatcher, and is he also well? Louis is essentially a one man or one. Rodent, I guess. One rodent. Rodent? Is that defensive? One rodent SOC, Systems Operation Control. He does everything. Yeah, from dispatching uh, airplanes to, to is he also in charge yeah. of uh maintenance and MEL issuance or yeah, he's the uh he's a dispatcher, he's crew scheduling, he's maintenance director. Wow. He, he's also in charge of getting K cups for the coffee machine. You know, don't say that too loud because I'm sure that our airlines that we're currently flying for would love to combine those roles into one yeah. paycheck. Yeah. Oh, you mean like they're trying to get rid of a pilot from the from the cockpit? Yeah. Kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. I would I wouldn't put it past them. Yeah. Don't say it too loud. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, for a puppet, hey. I'd say your yeah. flight training was pretty extensive then. Pretty extensive. Pretty I mean, I, you know, you, I learned from watching I learned from watching. Mm-hmm. And then after watching for a while, they said, take up this half Airbus, half Boeing. I'm like, sure, I could do that. It had a side stick and a yoke. I didn't know which one to use. And I just got in there, pushed the throttles forward, thrust levers, excuse me, pushed the thrust levers forward, right? And I took off. And because it's a half Airbus, half Boeing, I took off and it said retard. And I'm like, what? No, wait, not now. <laughs> I know that's wrong. It, it was and not I a comment going. on your a skill level at in any way, shape, or form. It was just the Airbus. No, 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 no. It's just European speak mm. versus American speak. I got you. Yes, I'm. I'm very familiar yeah. actually, because the airplane on every landing calls me that, and I haven't figured it ah, out. Ah, you're an Airbus guy. Yeah, yeah. What's it like eating your lunch on a table, spoiled brat? You know, but sorry, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. When, when they had lunches for us, uh, it was actually quite nice. And for the past probably what five six months, it's been a, a cold sandwich that looks like it's was made a week earlier, and the meat the is like different colors. And uh, yeah, wait, I'm sure I'm sure your co-host, who's my namesake Roger, can talk about crew meals. Yeah, yeah, Roger, I never really asked you about that. Do you have, uh-huh. how do you do crew do meals you, as a do crew? Do you eat, Roger? I, I just put them on the spot. All your all your listeners are going to hate them now. Corporate. <laughs> Corporate's a different world. So, uh, I, we can pretty much do whatever we want. <laughs> so you have, the, you have the fancy catering coming to the airplane before you we take off. We typically don't. We'll typically not do catering. Uh, when you do catering, it costs, you know, $100 for a sandwich. We'll yeah. Just say. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we try and be somewhat responsible for the client's money, and we'll we'll order something from, uh, you know, some, some kind of sandwich shop, and we'll get something for the pilots, some something for the people in the back if it's breakfast. Um, oftentimes, I I'll stop to buy the store and I'll pick up stuff. We do not go hungry. I'll just kind of leave it at that. And none of the food that we eat looks like it's been sitting on a shelf for a week either, Captain Tony. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I, I've stayed away from a crew meal now for quite some time, and and I got to tell you, it works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I only eat it times. if it's last resort. Oh. You know what I mean? I, last resort. I jump seated a few times on mainline airways, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, transcon jump seating, and the captain looks at me and says, "Hey, you want my breakfast?" I'm like, "Yes, you get breakfast." <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you not eating this? Do you not want it? I will. I will eat your food. 
Yeah, I, I try to offer the same. Hours and food. Yeah. Yeah, I try yeah. to offer the same to jump seaters, especially if they're a regional or a, a low cost carrier pilot that's trying to get home or trying to get to work. You know, hey, uh, your crew meals are ready. It's like, well, just I'm going to pass, but go ahead and give it to the jump seater. And nine out of 10 there, I turn around and it's gone. It's crumbs. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty but, embarrassing, know, huh? Yeah. Those poor regional pilots were, were jump seating. It's, you know, the, the mainline guys will offer you their crew meal. And it's like, we haven't eaten in four days. And they're just kind of turning up their nose. Like, you have been, I've eaten this for the last month. That's because we're giving them the puppy eyes. Yeah. I was a regional pilot Please. for 13 years. And I sat on that jump seat every week to go to work. And I tell you what. Uh, yeah, I'm a little hungry. <laughs> Could I at least have your yogurt cup? Please. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the, I have nothing to look forward to except a little bag of pretzels off the little galley cart. Oh, That's geez. if I could find it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, there's always the coffee. I, I, I've heard about the wonderful coffee that you guys serve at Speed Tape Airlines. What is that? <laughs> how's that brewed? Is that uh, flavor I don't know coffee? how it's brewed. I don't know how it's, you think I know how to brew coffee? I get on the radio, I call commissary. So commissary, I want coffee. They give me a carafe. It could be filled with stale Coca-Cola. I don't know what's in there. It's brown. And then we put it into the heater and it sits there all day. And passengers want it. It's like they get, coffee makes you have to go, right? Mm -hmm. And and the first thing they get on an airplane, they want to drink a coffee. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to want to then afterwards go to the lavatory and dump a deuce in the lab. (laughs) <laughs> which was instigated by carafe Coca-Cola coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Well, three-day-old percolating and, coffee, you know, that's the best they, cure for any kind of uh, constipation. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like they want to go to the lab. I mean, nowadays, I'm sure the lab is a lot cleaner. Yeah. But I'm sure it's not a lot cleaner, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Actually, I deadheaded on a, on a, this is actually, I'm going to give a shout out to this. I deadheaded on a Southwest flight recently. Mm-hmm. Okay. I did. Incognito, but I did. Oh, no. And I was wearing a mask, but I took the mask off to have a drink of water. Right. And, I, and when I took the mask off, I inhaled. It smelled like a hospital. Now, if anyone here is a 737 pilot, or you've ever been on one, 737s have the smell of an airplane that was designed in the 60s. It does. Oh, yeah. Absolutely does. I don't care if it's the new one. I don't care if it's a brand new Max out of the factory with the plastic on it. It's going to smell like a plane that was designed in the 60s and should have been retired a long time ago. <sighs> smells like a wet sneaker. Yeah. <laughs> this one smelled like a hospital. It was incredible. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. Not like in a bad way, like in a fresh air kind of way. Yeah. Ow. So good shout job out to Southwest. Southwest. You're doing something right. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, kudos That's to good. them. Yeah. Absolutely. Rob, mm-hmm. have you uh, had that smell? situation on one of your airplanes where you could smell it like a hospital it's super sanitized like a hospital no the uh never no not no <laughs> not a <at> legacy <laughs> <laughs> that's all i could say is no no and and if you do fly a, a, a boeing 737 you can smell everything too if you know what i'm trying to say mm-hmm. you know that lab that forward lavatory is right there and sometimes when they actually go into the lavatory their the door actually hits our cockpit door mm-hmm. so you know when they're rushing in there when the doors are boom, slam boom and then a few minutes later you're like Oh. Let's turn that airflow on high, okay? Oh, no. I got I to gotta share this story. So, you know, a time ago, uh, I was flying over the uh, Pacific uh, on one of these wonderful, you know, 
Honolulu overnights. So we're about halfway over, and you know it's pretty pretty quiet. Weather is perfect, and the captain says, hey, "Your aircraft. I'm going to stand up for a moment, stretch my legs." I'm like, "Okay, you know that's good. Get the blood going. You know we we want to prevent you know DVT." Uh, as much as we can. And uh, so we got to get up and get the blood flowing to our legs every once in a while, especially after a long flight, like three, four or five hours, like that one was. And he stood up and stuck his butt against the cockpit door. There's some vents on the Airbus, you know, and, and I was like, am I stretching or something? Why is he stretching? I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I just, I had to let one go. And this is the best way. Uh, <laughs> this is the best way to do no, it. And that way that no. it gets sucked into there the, in the galley and they're going to wonder. <laughs> oh, that's bad. That is awesome. See, you got to learn from your experienced captains like, right there. That's I didn't think of that. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's you awesome. You ever fly a Q400? No, I haven't. Any of you guys know? So there's a forward outflow valve on the Q400. Mm. Comes right out the flight deck. Had a captain once. Let one go. And he said to me that I should open up the forward outflow valve. (laughs) Hint. To help. (laughs) And I said, how about you just don't let one go on the flight deck? Stupid. That is a faux faux pas, isn't it? To to pass gas. I mean, if you're not feeling well, you could always go, you know what? It's time for a bathroom break. I'm going to go be back there for five minutes and take care of some urgent physiological needs. There's no shame in that. You don't let one go. You don't eat tuna. And you don't dip in the flight deck. (laughs) Thank you. I don't care what you think. You don't dip in the flight deck. We know what you're doing every two seconds. Yeah. A damn coffee cup. Yeah. And my favorite is when they take a like an empty Pepsi plastic bottle that is clear mm-hmm. and they're sitting there and they go and you could see the Yeah. Yes. It's disgusting. And then they swish it around. Yeah. Like, look what I have done. <laughs> <laughs> you should be proud of this. No. Yes. <laughs> no. I have created this. It rules against uh things you should not do uh in, in the flight deck and especially yeah. especially if you are a jump seater. Come on, man. We all know. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh. Anybody got yes. an empty cup up there I can use? No? Okay. I'll just have to supply the No, I okay. This happened to me. I, I did this as a jump seater. I'm sorry. I asked, do you guys mind if I just close my eyes for a few minutes? And they're like, no, no problem. It was this was in an Embraer 145 jump seat, right? So if you've ever been in one, yeah, it's pretty you tight. know it's tight. Yeah. Next thing I know, here I am slumped over the center pedestal like this, like that. <laughs> you know, I wake up and I'm just slumped full forward right in between the two guys. I felt so bad. So bad. <laughs> you know, it, but it happens. It happens. And yeah. we have, most of us have sympathy for those, you know, having to commute in an Embraer or a CRJ or a small regional jet to get to work. It's cramped up there. And if that's, you know, the only way to get to work and you're tired or you're com- going home, especially... Hey, you got to rest your eyes. As long as it's not during yeah. the sterile cockpit period, right, Captain? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I don't think they got their clearance yet. Oh, <laughs> I, I was out. Oh man, I do not remember V one of that day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've all been there. We've all been there. So yeah. you know, these are some oh, yeah. pretty crazy stories. What are you know the highlights to? to things that you've witnessed or experienced out there on the flight line. You know, what's the craziest story that you can remember? Craziest story I could remember. Hmm. I think I was a new, well, I was a new captain, you know, but uh, flying into Newark 
there's some rain, there's some storms. And at Speed Tape Airlines, we are very strict on our touchdown criteria. Mm. Okay, you got the touchdown markers, then you got the 500 feet after that, right? So you got the 1500 marker. So you have to touch down by the middle point between those two markers. Oh, wow. Otherwise, I want you going around. Yeah. That's pretty strict. You know why? Why? That's right. Because fuck aircraft carriers, we can do it better. That's why. <laughs> so you're, that's why. You, you try to grease it on every time. Grease? No, you put you plant the fucker. You put it down. <laughs> you can't aim for a 250 piece of asphalt and grease it. Come on, man. But coming in, right? And I don't think I'm gonna make it. So I say, yeah, I ain't gonna make it. Go around. Just like that. Pile flying looks at me and says, What? Touch. And we were outside the 250 part. I had to go around, go, 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 put the thrust lever forward. And we were up in the air. And, and he looked at me as if I was crazy because it was only an 11,000 foot runway remaining. Oh. <laughs> but God damn it. Procedures are procedures, man. And we're going to go around. Well, I applaud you for I'm the chief on. pilot. I don't have to go and have a carpet dance with myself. Yeah, Folkwa probably would have seen that and they would have, the gatekeeper probably would have called you. Snitch. Right? <laughs> Such a snitch. If, if you were flying one of the newer Embraer 145s. Yeah. Folkwa. 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 Yeah. I love those phone calls. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether <laughs> yeah. it's captain or first officer. Yeah, Tony, um, I'd like to talk to you about a flight you've conducted uh, 18 days ago uh, from Los Angeles to Las Vegas. Can you tell me about what happened? 18 days ago? No. I don't remember five minutes no. ago. What the heck are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. Hey, were you on a crew with uh, John Doe and this, this? And you're just like, uh, maybe. I just ask, 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 answer the question with a question. Tell me what I did. Yeah, what, what are you <laughs> saying? You, that's what true. does the data show? <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I almost got called about a delay that didn't exist. And I was doing a good thing, too. I delayed a flight for, to, 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 to get passengers. I did it through dispatch, through Louie. He approved it. Everything was great. And then I got blamed for a delay. Pissed off the gate agent. That's why I got the delay. The gate agent assumed there's going to be a delay. Got a call. You delayed a flight for this and this and this and numbers and numbers. And we're a fee for departure airline. If we are late for customer service reasons, we don't get paid. So we don't give crap about customer service. We want you to go on time because that's more important. Metrics. Is more important than customer service. I'm telling you here right now, folks. Metrics is more important than customer service. Anybody here not know that? Okay, cool. Now, then I looked at. It, I said on the phone. I said, "Was there a delay?" And you hear them go quiet. Said, what time was the out time? I had a minute to go. I was good. He's calling me. Say I got a delay because I pissed off a gate agent because they didn't want to do customer service. Yeah, and my shit, my rules. You know, well, as a chief pilot, you all those delays come across your desk. Even if it was a delay and your fault, couldn't you just uh, delete that out of the uh, ledger there? That's not ethical. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that we have a standard here. <laughs> come on. You know, so you've that's your honor system. You, you've been selected, you know, to to start up and fly at Speed Tape Airlines, and have been there a very long time. How long have you been there at Speed Tape? I've been there about 35 years now. Wow. 35 years. I know. I have no gray hair. It's incredible. Yeah. Okay, is, it just, is it just for men? It's just for men. That's right. And you always do that yeah. on a layover hotel. That way you don't have to clean it up. Well, that way when I come home, the family doesn't know. Ah, okay. They just think I I'm got, young. I got a question then. 
Yeah. Okay. So here at Legacy, we get our pictures on our crew ID. I think everybody has a picture on their crew ID. And our pictures are the first picture that we took when we started. Mm -hmm. So Speed Tape, been there for 35 years. Do you still have the same picture you took 35 years ago on your ID? And does it look like you? Of course it looks like me. Of course it does. You don't age, do you? My hair was nicer. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's... Look, I'm living out of a suitcase, literally. Okay, it does it does damage to the hair, but it was it was it was good. It was a big picture. I mean, taken with a shitty old Nokia camera, but it was it was good. It was good. But then again, you look at that Kermit the Frog dude, right? Yeah, Kermit's been around longer than I have. He's been around longer than thirty years. Yeah, he looks the same. Yeah, true. Yeah, the voice has changed a couple times, but he looks the same. Yeah. 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 And I was going to yeah. say, I've seen some guys that look, you know, like they're 21 years old on their crew ID. And then, you know, you look them in the face and you're like, you know, you look like Walter from, uh, you know, Dunham. <laughs> <laughs> we love Walter. Walter flies with us. He's a first class passenger. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says it gives him good material for the show. Oh, well, that, that explains a lot, <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we actually saw Jeff once on the ramp and, uh, he was too busy getting in his jet to to look down at me. I was on the ramp going like, please take me to your show. Oh. I can be a character like Bubba J. Please. <laughs> well, you are quite the character, Captain, let me tell you. Oh, thank you. Yes. And it, so you mentioned mm-hmm. you, you live in a suitcase. Any preference on uh, the name brand or quality of, of establishment that you have for your mobile home? I'm glad home? you asked that. I'm glad you asked because what Bozo keeps me in is his original case that he bought over almost 10 years ago now oh get out yeah and it's still around it's still around so look it's a luggage works right oh they last forever they last forever so you ask about brands and things luggage works if you want durability and longevity luggage works oh man that travel pro interior is plush oh yeah yeah oh it's like it's like Egyptian cotton. You know, but I, what it's I don't like about pro. the Travel Pro is that the wheels, they, they don't use bearings, uh, at least on the Travel Pros that I've ever owned. They use just a, a metal shaft with a plastic or rubber grommet on these wheels and oh, you know, they you wear the out. Bearing. You got to have the bearing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You got to put the ABEC 5 bearings in the luggage works. So that the thing just glides across the concourse. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like you're just barely pushing it. It's, yeah. it's going. You know which ones I, I think in the 10 years we changed out the wheels once? Well, you know, I, and I meant to to mention that, you know, years of being based in and out of Chicago, you know, pulling my luggage works bag through the snow and everything, I was going through bearings twice a year on my bag, um, which is one of the main reasons I went to luggage works, but that and the fact that the thing is a tank with its exterior metal frame. Well, the bearings kept getting rusted out because I, you know, wouldn't take it all apart after pulling the bag through snow. So I decided to go with ceramic bearings. So you can order ceramic bearings online and they have a tendency to not decay and rust out as much as the traditional metal or stainless steel bearings. So just a a little tidbit for those listeners out there that may be dealing with these kind of issues. If you buy a overnight bag, spend the money, get a good one. The Luggage Works brand is a great brand. I actually have a Strong Bags. A Strong Bag is a great uh, brand of, of suitcases as well. It has a aluminum interior that's covered with fabric, so there's no frame on the outside. It's a little less 
a tank looking um, and a little lighter, but the same mm-hmm. with the wheels with the bearings. And I haven't had a need to replace the bearings yet, but if I do, uh, I'll go with the ceramic ones instead. Cool. So yeah, food for thought. Yeah. yeah. Now he finally swapped them out like three years ago. The ride got wow. so much smoother with the new wheels. Wow. I was going to say if for you, captain, uh, it's probably like a mobile home for you isn't it. You live in oh, that yeah, thing. Yeah. You're getting pulled around all the time, you know, and, and then if you send the thing in to get refurbished, it's like getting a whole new interior, you know, redone. Yeah. It is. It's like it's living LED in a mobile lighting. home when your friend keeps dumping dirty laundry on your couch. <laughs> what it is. That might be a little tough to have. Well, to. we got a system going here. Clean clothes go in the main bag. Dirty clothes go in the side pockets. If the side uh, pockets fill up, they got to use the other exterior pockets before they come inside. So I guess you can only go about four days before you have to like trade everything out again, right? Yeah. Yeah. Four, okay. Four, four days or five. Wait. We can stretch it to five. Okay. I'm not an unreasonable puppet. <laughs> you know, we could stretch it to five, but after five, he's paying the damn money to go to that coin slotted, whatever laundry machine they got. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Oh. God forbid you get extended or, you know, uh, stranded at your last overnight. Then you got to oh, go yeah. five or six days. Oh man. Well, you know, you got the people who do the inside out underwear stuff and I don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Forward to backwards and then inside out yes. forward and inside out backwards. Yes. That's four Reverse. days. Yeah. Why would you four do that? Days. That's what coffee machines are for. <laughs> Seriously. You know, it's hard to do now because the hotels got smart and they no longer have coffee makers with the basket, you know, and the filter and everything. Now they got these little crups cups or these little, you know, fancy mm-hmm. Nespresso ones. And, and so you, it's kind of hard yeah. to put your dirty drawers in there just to give them a good steam. Learn to adapt. <laughs> you can, you know, you can shove them in. There. <laughs> shove them in there. Just get them in there. Where there's a will, there's a way, damn it. <laughs> the first time I heard that, I, I can't tell you, I, was, I don't think I had coffee out of a hotel room for months. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, in the military, I learned to, to fold my shirts into like little section squares. So I'm sure yeah. a piece of underwear, you fold it correctly, you can get that thing perfect. Well, yeah. Also, brews a pretty good cup of coffee. I'm sure now I'm going to get some feedback about this topic. So uh, let's move on. Oh, it's one of the hot button ones. <laughs> it's one of the hot button ones because everyone knows it's true, but no one wants to admit they've done it. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Or, or that or, or, you know, using the iron to, to grill some cheese on the ironing board because you're hungry. Who's bringing cheese and bread on the road? Well, some, I've seen pilots pull a loaf of white bread and a jar of peanut butter in the cockpit with a little butter knife, and they're like, I'm a little hungry. I'm going to make myself a sandwich. All right. Full disclosure, you want to hear something crazy, is when I was um, with Sam Piper, there was this one captain that I buddy bid with because we actually had a good time, but we would bid these Miami overnights, and he would keep... Um, uh, a full culinary set at, in a locker in Miami so he could barbecue. And uh, what he would show up to work with is a full-up igloo, you know, bungee cord strapped to the, to the tow hook of his luggage, <laughs> luggage work bag. And inside, he would have meats that he's marinating and on, on dry ice. And he would lug that thing around for like, usually we had the Miami overnight like the second night or something like that. But the second night, at the sherry, you know, we get at the sherry. Yeah. 
get the key to his locker, fire up the grill. He'd cook all the meat, and we'd go down to the local Publix and get some vegetables and stuff like that. That's and, incredible. Uh, every single week for four weeks straight. It, it was it was the greatest time ever. Well, I can understand and why you would buddy job. bid with that yeah, individual. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome, man. Traveling like, with your own personal cook. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, and then, you know, the next month I had to fly with somebody else and I still had the uh, Miami overnights and, and the guy's like, Hey, I'm going to go to Subway. You want something? I'm like, mm. <laughs> hell no, I don't want Subway. <laughs> Where's my <laughs> marinated ribeye? <laughs> my gosh. Oh man. Now speaking yeah. of, you know, great layovers, uh, Captain Roger, what have been some of your favorite layovers? Oh gosh. Well, you know, Rochester, New York has so much to offer. You know, you really uh, is it the uh, the famous barbecue? I love how you guys think. Or you have to ask, like, is he being serious? Dinosaurs, is he dinosaurs doing? is right there. Yeah, that, there's only you know what dinosaurs are overrated. I'm going to say it. It's overrated. It's good because you're trapped there, and it's the best of the options you got. Mm-hmm. Syracuse dinosaurs better than Rochester dinosaur. Oh, said it, but uh, you know if you've ever had Kansas City barbecue, dinosaurs good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. Just not the 20th time you overnight in Rochester. Good. You know, right. <laughs> right, you know right. But uh favorite overnight, I think has to be hands down Las Vegas. Ah, that was wild. Yes. Cool. We've seen video of you with some very attractive showgirls out there. Nothing, nothing. Well, uh, G-rated. Wasn't, Come on. I wasn't paying attention. I was looking at the Bellagio fountain the whole time. You see, ah, that's <laughs> what it was. Yes. Ladies. Hey ladies. Hi. Hey. How are you? I can't find the airport and I don't want to fly my flight. Can you help me tell my dispatcher that I don't want to go? Louis, whatever awesome. gets delayed in Vegas stays in Vegas. That's right, Louis. Whatever gets delayed in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'm having fun. Yeah! Come on now. Now tell the truth, uh, Captain. You are one of the most eligible puppets out there. Season whatever of The Bachelor next year, is, is this where you're going to end up? Uh, well... It didn't work. Did it work out well for that other guy? The pilot, they already had a pilot on board, right? Yeah, it seems to be a trend. Yeah, it's like right. one of the greatest professions to have on all the dating sites out there, or at least I'm being told. So, yeah, so, yeah, so you, you know, go on the show, right? And you do the whole thing. You give the rose or you get a rose, whatever that. I've never watched a full episode of it. I don't think I have either. But, um, <laughs> like, I get the gist from pop culture. But, okay, you go on the thing, you do the thing, and you have the fake fall in love with the lady and whatever, whatever, whatever. And you split the money or you get the notoriety. But then I got to go to work the next day. Uh-huh. Right, uh-huh. right, and then people like, oh, look at the bachelor. Oh, look at the bachelor. It's the best. I, I, I have enough problems with fame walking through a terminal myself right now. The way it is, I don't, I don't need that love. I don't need the drama. Well, what are some of the biggest problems you have right now with with uh, recognition? Well, the free stuff people give me. Wait, what? Walk through terminal. Roger, here's a coffee. Roger, here's a release. Roger, here's here's a luggage to take up the terminal. People get someone gave me their grandma in a wheelchair the other day. You know? And I, I have no more room Gate to put 58, them. hurry. Her flight. Is Nana yeah, is Nana still there? Is that where she ended up? Nana's in my guest room downstairs oh. right now. <laughs> Her luggage didn't make it here. We're angry about that. We're writing a letter. <laughs> Oh, you better talk to the CEO of Speed Tape. Who is the CEO of Speed Tape? Hmm. No one knows. <laughs> Mystery, huh? He hides away. Wow. Every now and then he puts out a letter telling us we're doing a good job or that these are hard times. One of the two. 
Yeah. And speaking oh, of hard yeah, times, yeah. you know, is speed tape doing any kind of downsizing as most of the country is getting adjusted to this current pandemic and all the downsizing and, and the fact that the funding is running out and furloughs are happening? What's speed tape doing? Well, I got to tell you, I, I, I have not flown an airplane in a while. Oh, I haven't. Um, and it, it hurts because my my supply of hotel soap and shampoo is dwindling. <laughs> and uh, I don't know where to buy shampoo. I mean, can you have you ever had to buy it before? I... No, no. Where do you find Neutrogena shampoo and soap? I don't I don't know. <laughs> where do you where do you get that citrusy stuff that the Holiday Inns use? I have no idea where to find this stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's a real problem. And also, I, I bet mean, since you, when you go buy, if you do find one, it's going to be in a big bottle. It's like buying it in bulk. You know what I yeah, mean? It's Instead like, of having a little bubble bottle. It's like, I don't need wholesale. I just need a little mini, please. Yeah. Right? Of head and shoulders or whatever it is. Now, I've heard of captains carrying around Perfect for some you, empty and bottles. Some, and they leave them in their bottom of their suitcase. And when they get to one of these fancy hotels, speaking of Las Vegas, they have these giant bottles attached to the wall at the shower of the tea tree shampoo, the fancy stuff. Yeah. And so they sit there and they're <laughs> just filling up their little bottles for home because they love it. Well, we're good at it. Okay, look, we're cheap. you're cheap. Okay. I walk by an airport restaurant. You know, first thing I'm doing, I'm going to get all those condiments that are out there for the taking. I'm taking four. <laughs> They're I'm free, knives. right? I'm yeah. Taking straws. I'm taking yeah. little packets of salt. I'm taking mayonnaise. I'm taking ketchup. Anything that's yep. there. You're like, 737 you're pilot. You take a bottle of water. Give me all your condiments. Yeah. Well, you are a pilot, and it's in your nature. Yeah. yeah. You got to survive. As long as you don't do the the ultimate no no, which is you never steal the batteries out of the remote at the hotel, and you don't switch out the light bulbs for the cheap ones. Are you kidding? People do that? Uh, yes, we had a captain at back in the day yeah. at speed at uh, what do we call it? Sandpiper. Sandpiper Sand. had a captain who would remember that we had these new CFL light bulbs. So he would uh, yeah. he would take the CFL light bulb out of the hotel and in- replace it with an incandescent that he brought from home. And <laughs> oh my and they, gosh! They, he did this often enough to develop a pattern that they could find him. They, he got. He, I don't know if he admitted it or what, but the, he got caught. <laughs> Yeah, no more. Cease oh, no, there's Cease ways to do this. There's ways to wow. do it, and there's rules. There are rules. Yeah, you know, and you just and the batteries from the remote. Don't steal the batteries out of the remote or replace them with dead Why? ones. Come on, how cheap are you? You're making a good money. Wow, you know? talking about the race to, to the, the bottom. At a, at, at a Hudson bookseller. Come on. Well, you buy yeah. it in bulk. That's the one thing you buy in bulk. Throw them in the fridge. Whatever. In the fridge, does that work in the fridge? Uh, I think. Never heard of that. Well, if they overheat, they can. You know, so the fridge doesn't really prolong their life. But if they overheat, if you live in a hot climate, then that will diminish yeah. their life. So, at least that's it's what right. I've always understood. I don't know how accurate that is. Especially if you get those new lithium batteries. Yeah, there you oh, go. Yeah. Nicocadium, yeah. lithium. They have all different types. And now, what's the deal with this quadruple A? Have you seen this quadruple A? I bought this. Wait. I bought this. Uh, Bluetooth something or other for my daughter the other day, and it said requires battery not included. Quadruple A. You know what? I know what happened. This is the result of Common Core math. <laughs> That's what happened. You had a double A, now you got a Common Core. All of a sudden, it's a quadruple A. Yeah. Which I found. Double A's got us to the moon. Damn it. Yeah. The calculator got us to the moon. What are we? Yeah. What are you looking at? Triple uh, quadruple A's? Yeah. 
You found some quadruple A's. Absolutely. They're just a little skinnier than a triple A. It, that's all the difference, that they're just a little mm. smaller. So like in, a, in particular remotes or some Bluetooth devices that are relatively small, like headsets, they'll take a quadruple A. Yeah. Neat. Isn't that okay? Yeah. Reinventing the wheel. That's oh. what we do best. Yeah. We can make the thing conform to the popular thing that's out there. No, damn it. They have to make a new battery for us. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And, and that person. You got to have like 15 different batteries you know, in your desk drawer, just in case, you know, something yeah. goes dead. Mm-hmm. Yes. We've actually gone you to the recharge with somebody and their bows dies. Do you have a quadruple A? Fuck you. No, of course I have a quadruple A. <laughs> no one's got a quadruple Nobody A. Nobody has a, use two double A's, damn it. That's right. Two and two and four. That's right. Mm-hmm. So these pandemic schedules are really taking a toll on you, Captain. Uh, you haven't flown in a while. Yeah. Have some of your coworkers been dealing with this in a similar manner or has it been hitting them kind of hard? Well, see, I took the voluntary furlough, oh. so I haven't flown in a while. And since we're a two-pilot company, uh, the bottom half of the seniority list, he's been working oh, alone. Single but, pilot uh, operation? No. What? Single pilot? Why not? Look, we're going there anyway Same. with the flight tickets, and we're just ahead of the curve, okay? <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're going to jump ahead of it. We're going to be the case to show them it is not a good idea. Well, That's what we're in doing. one of your latest videos, you were saying you're flying empty airplanes around, and it was probably a while back, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, I guess if you don't have any passengers, what do you need two pilots for? Exactly. Well, let's see. It's, Louis keeps saying the plane will fly itself, right? So I keep saying, take Jeff, my co-pilot, out of the plane, and, and we can see how it flies itself. It doesn't fly. Yeah. Just saying. No. Yeah. But, you know, it, it, it was empty, which was weird. Because, you know, when it's empty and, like, you're flying an empty plane, you hear voices. Like, you have phantom passengers. Uh-huh. You ever have that phantom passenger thing? Where you just hear voices? You ever walk through an empty terminal, you know, like, during a storm or something? You just happen to be there because of coverage. Shell <laughs> Airport shut down because of a storm, but you got to be there for coverage. You're walking around, you're like, I think I saw somebody. Anybody over there? <laughs> no? Just me and the, and the Dunkin' Donuts guy? Okay. We're good. So, you know, flying around empty airplanes, I, got, I feel like I have phantom passengers hitting the lab. I make the safety announcement for nobody. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's tough. Or maybe yeah. someone's there. Maybe there's never a plane that we didn't notice. <laughs> Grandma's in the back. It's, and I saw a video recently that I really enjoyed. Uh, you were kind yeah. of given a hard time to a Springfield approach controller. What's up with that? Do you know this guy, this air traffic controller? I was given a... Wait, was this a while ago? Yeah, it was a video a while ago that uh, you were messing with air traffic controllers and not not calling them when they were, re- you know, trying to get you to read back. And they oh. knew you by name. They knew that you mess around. Well, you know, first of all, like I said, like I said I'm, I, I, people know who I am. They're giving me delay vectors for free, you know, as a sign of gratitude that I'm in their airspace. And... <laughs> I decided to give him a taste of their own medicine. You see, he's calling me up. I'm assuming this is what you're talking about. He's calling me yeah. up. He's calling me up. And I'm like, I don't have to answer to you. You are not the boss of me. So I just did what they do to us. And I just told them I was on the landline. <laughs> I got stuff to do too. Yeah. I don't have time to be answering every single call and traffic alert, you know, right. they send my way. I'm busy. Single. Yeah, you're a single pilot. I mean, you can communicate. Yeah. Yeah. What's your biggest pet peeve on the radio, Captain? 
my biggest pet peeve. Yeah, that you hear. Honestly, yeah. honestly, honestly, this is what gets me. The meowing. Oh. Honestly, it's the meowing. I think I know that guy. I, mean, <laughs> I, can, I can come up with some sort of joke, but it's the, meow, shut the fuck up. Really? Like, are you that bored? At least be original. Be like a dinosaur. Rawr. Come on, do something else. Meowing. Yeah. Uh, have yeah. you heard this one on guard? Have you heard this one on guard? The, I think I told you this one, uh, Tony, the one where somebody keys up the mic and he goes, where is he? Where'd he go? Where is he? And then somebody goes, you're on guard. And he goes, there he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, see, that's original and that's good. I mean, yeah. again, for, for legal purposes, no one should be fucking around on guard. But if you're going to do it, be original about it. That's right. Have some originality <laughs> yeah. for sure. Apparently there's somebody out there who's, who's impersonating me. Yeah, I saw that post that, yeah. you, that you put up there. What the heck's that yeah, all someone, about? Someone texted me and said, hey, if you said that this is Captain Roger Victor, welcome aboard Speed Tape Airlines on guard near JFK. I think it was two days ago now. He said, I heard you. And I go, that wasn't me. So someone's <laughs> out there being Captain Roger Victor. But isn't that the greatest like form of flattery right there? Imitation is the highest form of flattery. So yeah. that I am quite flattered. Yeah. But he's going to get me in trouble. Yeah, I think so. right. Yeah. You ain't supposed to be flying. You're on a six month leave of absence. At least call yourself, you know, you Sully. Sully is enough to say you're Sully. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Just get on me, like, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Captain Sullenberger. Unable, and and just let it be. <laughs> let it be. Yeah, you might have remembered me from, uh, you know, the Miracle Flight. Yeah, yeah, that's me. Yeah. Well, Hudson. <laughs> Put it down on Hudson. That's right. My name is Chelsea Sullenberger. Let's talk about safety. Well, he right now, the latest thing that uh, Captain Sully has been talking about is political activism, I guess you can call it. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah, he got up there, which is rare for a pilot, even though a retired pilot, but rare for a pilot to kind of get all political and and buy airtime. Well, that never happens. Pilots never get political in inappropriate times or locations. Only in the cockpit. Ever. You know, yeah. the three the three rules you never talk about in the cockpit, guns, religion and politics and outside mm-hmm. of the cockpit, you know. But wh- where do we talk about that stuff in the cockpit? In the election, all the, yep. you know, my, I have, you know, it's part of your briefing. We don't talk about guns, religions or politics in the cockpit. And, you know, I voted for Trump yesterday and I did Biden this, that, you know, and Hillary Clinton's emails and. And, and, and Twitter, 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 and COVID, COVID, COVID. And next thing you know, you missed your destination by 150 miles and you're past <laughs> Minneapolis, but you were looking at company manuals. Right. Is right. right. Yes. Yeah. I was inspecting uh-huh. the circuit breaker panel on the overhead personally. Yep. <laughs> I was in awe. <laughs> what? 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 <laughs> no joke. Okay. Uh-huh. True story. Yeah. True story. It's Bozo's story. I'm going to tell it through, through me, though, okay? okay? You want to tell it? No. Okay. All right. So, flying into Newark, captain falls asleep. Captain's pilot flying. Bozo is a new FO. Ink is still wet, right? Captain is asleep. So much asleep that the mouth is open and the drool is coming out. You know, like, like that, okay? Allegedly. And <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. And Bozo, this is when high speeds were a real thing. Like you would have a high speed line and that's all you did for the week. Mm-hmm. That really fucks with your sleep cycle. But anyway, it's time for the captain to allegedly wake up. <laughs> okay. So Bozo's wondering how, what's the most effective way to do this? 
So, being Bozo, he cups his hand over his microphone and he goes, Terrain, terrain, pull up, pull up, pull up. <laughs> Captain jumps a mile high, <laughs> grabs the yoke, and, and looks at me, and at, at him rather. We, we, we look over at him and says, You deserve it. Now, fly the plane. <laughs> we had a good rapport, though. We were friends. We, we can get away with it. That's awesome. But, you know. Yeah. Good times. Yeah. That's good. But at least we weren't talking about politics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That's good. You know, I would have reached up and just hit the uh, fire test button up there in the overhead. <laughs> That's a bad one. <laughs> you are crueler than I. Well, well remember when we were at uh, Sandpiper? The uh, ground the proximity warning? was. Well, no, the, well, that too, but at Sandpiper, the procedure that we took off with the uh, APU on and then you shut the APU off and fly. Oh, old we, school. Oh, you would test it like that. Yeah, you test the shut well, off. Well, one time I accidentally, instead of hitting the APU stop button, I accidentally hit the fire to test button because they're only that far away. Yeah. <laughs> the captain, I think he jumped out of the airplane <laughs> for a split second. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my bad. <laughs> Oh my lord! Yeah, yeah. good times. <laughs> Allegedly, good times. Allegedly, <laughs> look. If anybody takes the stories told by a puppet seriously, they got problems. No, you know. <laughs> don't worry. I've got the disclaimer at the beginning of the, each show. You know, so that's good. We're covered. We're covered. Look, I made a video once while back about what you can and cannot take from hotel rooms. Hmm. The first comment was, you're going to get in trouble. You're promoting theft. I'm like, fucking hell. If you're taking things from a hotel room, based on the advice of a puppet who stands not 16 inches tall, you got issues. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, that's very true. I, I mean, I want to tell everybody right now, and I love your support. I am not real. I'm a fictional character. Wait. Please. What? Don't. <laughs> See. See, Roger, Roger's so with me on this. Roger gets it. I saw Roger's face. He's like, yeah, yes, you are. Yes, you are. But like Tony was just like, oh, I just shattered to like, Tony, there is no Santa Claus either. What? Just letting you know. <gasps> I'm destroying everyone's dreams. I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> you look so real. I know. And so you're talking, talking, everything. talking to me. And, talk, and, and look at this. This is pure realism right here. Oh, look at that. Profile. It's amazing. have just been yeah. crushed. Oh, wow. Pure, genuine felt right here. Yeah. Amazing. That is, that is wonderful. You know, so there, there's yeah, been good a lot. tonsils too. There's a lot been going on in the aviation world. And I just wanted to get your take, uh, Captain Roger, on all the news that has been going through the cycle in the past few months. What has been the news that really has impressed you the most? Me? Yeah. It's going to get mushy. Uh-oh. And I know that, that it's not the most popular, popular thing. Look, when this thing thing when, when COVID hit right it really started we saw airlines falling out of the skies like flies off mike pence's head okay and you had yeah <laughs> their reaction got me so <laughs> um, a good one. hey that's not political he had a fly in his head okay? you can't find that's my position based on that Correct. okay he had a fly in his head it's a fact all right now <laughs> you had trans states shut down yeah compass shut down you know, just like that. Not a never mind, not nothing else. Express jet, shit out of luck. And that's just here in the beginning of it all. You also had Flybe over in Europe and others. And, and you saw airlines like British Airways pretty much telling their pilot group, you take, 
this pay cut involuntarily, or we're just going to fire all of you and hire you again because we're the only player in town and we got you by the balls. That's what British Airways said to their pilots, essentially, right? So what I found to be encouraging is what just happened at United is that the union and the leadership got together and they really realized that this is something that's affecting everyone, but it's no one's fault. This is a weird time to be a pilot because, you know, pilots were like, yeah, management's angry and they're after us and this, whatever. And they did this and they were that and it's us against them. But really, that's not what COVID, that's not what the situation is. No. This isn't mismanagement. This isn't, I mean, I'm sure people are going to be like, yes, it is. They should have had more reserves. But hell, you go buy a 777, tell me the operating costs when that thing is just parked, okay? And all the staff that have to, you know. So it's not their fault. And they could have just told the pilots to pound sand and go home. But they didn't. Yeah, they got the CARES Act and everything else, but they worked with a union and came up with some solution. And that's not, not what's impressing me as much as the fact that senior pilots helped out the younger generation. Mm-hmm. They truly did. This, at least, I mean, I... I I'm not saying they didn't at Delta or at American. I'm just more familiar with the story at United because uh, that's what I've been reading in the news. But I, I'm just impressed that, that pilots actually got it. And they put self-interest aside mm-hmm. and looked at what I can do to affect you know, positive change as a whole. So that's, that's, my, that's, my, happy, that's my happy story recently yeah. in, in our industry. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned United. Uh, you know, we've also been kind of following them, and uh, it's so rare that you get a pilot group within its own company that stick together. We've gotten used to seeing this over at Southwest, and they've always had this kind of mentality at their company that, you know, zero furloughs, we'll do whatever we can. Uh, they had campaigns, uh, save, hashtag save someone, Fred, I forget who it was, but to to do what they could to not furlough because they understood that pilots are uh, collective and we need to support each other. And the fact that United is is also following suit is very positive because hopefully the rest of the carriers out there will will take a, a lesson from their playbook. Now. Yeah, well, I would hope so. I would hope so because... We've all seen it before where like we're united in this and we're one pilot group. But then when the vote comes down to it, you can tell people who are voting with their pockets versus their hearts. Yeah. And I mean, everyone can vote the way they want to vote and I get it, but it it takes, it takes a a bigger person to say, I will take the pay cut if junior there can afford diapers for his kid, you know, that that, that's, that that's, that's a sign of, of a good, good pilot group who understands and gets it. Yeah. A lot of there's times to be militant about things, mm-hmm. and then there's times to do the really, really true right thing. Right, right, right. Well, thank you yeah. for mentioning I think that. It's been a little bit of reversal because it went, didn't Southwest, the Southwest pilot group, just come out the other day when they were basically saying no to any pay cuts in order to save really? jobs. Well, they're adding they're adding destinations and adding in 2021 they're adding a bunch of new flying. So I think that has a little bit to to do with. Hey, you're asking for pay cuts, but you're adding all this flying and, and yeah. ordering new airplanes. It doesn't sound right. So something something bigger is going on or at play there. And until we have all the facts, I and I kind of reserve to pass judgment on that. But yes, Southwest pilots are definitely changing. We should probably shout out to our friend uh, Ty and Jerry, who've been on the show before, who have friends over on that side of the uh, the industry that we can kind of talk to them about. Uh, but thank you for mentioning that. Um, that is. 
that is kind of a heartwarming uh, aspect of our industry right now to see a pilot group stand together, stand strong. We hold, we hear it all the time, hold the line when it's contract negotiations, but you know, when it's the other way, it's all men and women for themselves. So, you know, that's definitely a good thing. Mm -hmm. And when contract negotiations come around, believe you me, we'll all go back to our familiar roles, you know, but right now we got to come together and get through this. Absolutely. Otherwise there won't be any contracts. Very good point. Yeah. So you've starred in many YouTube videos, you know, which video was it that went viral that really put you on the map here for? Ah, ah, it was a little one that we had no idea that it was going to go big. We just, we were just trying something new. We were trying a new voice for me, actually, if we're being honest. Yep. And uh, it was about a hotel breakfast. And I think we were, we were putting videos out for about four months before this one came out and this one went viral. A simple hotel breakfast that I missed at 6.30 in the morning because I had a 6 a.m. van. Yep. And it's, it, I don't think it's even, well, it must be like a minute long, not even. And it just, it just shot up and it kept going and kept going and kept going and kept going. Yeah, I remember seeing that and, it, and I was like, yep. oh my God, this is so true. <laughs> this, is, this is absolutely <laughs> something that I used to complain about all the time and still do on many occasions. It's like, uh, what time is a van? What time do you serve breakfast? You can't have any breakfast. And some hotels to give the, you know, the hotels out there a fair shot that, that yes, their breakfast started at a particular time, say 7 a.m., but they knew that they have crews there 365 days a year under contract and they would always have a little something for the crew whether that be a goodie bag and I, my hat's off to those Ugh. hotels and those hotel managers that have made those decisions but for the most part you're absolutely right and that video you know spoke volumes to crew members and flight attendants out there that dealt with that very thing and it's a little thing but it, it makes a big difference it's in a your lot morning, of little things you know but it's a lot of little yeah. things and that's the niche yeah. that i think we found here at our at what we do it's all those little things that happen all the time that are really not a big deal, but to crew members on the road are a big deal. Yeah. You know, especially when it happens all the damn time. True. You know, I take two key cards when I go to my room. Huh. Two. I'm one person. I take two. Why do I take two? Because I've been burned enough by key cards that didn't work enough that I, I had to go back downstairs. So I take two of them. So at least one might work. Wow. That... You know, in all Genius. my time, close to 20 years on the flight line, and I have never heard that before. That's amazing. Are you saying that I taught you something? You sure did. I'm going to bill you now for five minutes of instruction. As you should. <laughs> and I'm going to put it in my logbook. Sign the logbook, too. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a wonderful. Yeah. That's what, and these, do you have a, do you have a video about that? Not yet. Oh, okay. There you there go. You heard it here yeah. first, first, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> you should write that down. You're going to forget it. <laughs> so, which, so which video has been your favorite one to produce? To produce? Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. I know I have my favorite. Hmm. Just curious about yours. Okay. So the favorite to produce, and I think the one that made me giggle the most, as I was doing it, it has to have been the acronym song. Um, just because it, it's a hard song to get through. Yeah. And I wrote it on an overnight and I had to sing it to my FO several times. And after the third time, he was just over it. He did not understand it. He didn't know <laughs> what it was going to be. He like, what are you talking? I mean, it didn't have any musical backing. I'm just singing to him mm-hmm. <laughs> at the hotel breakfast. And, uh, he just didn't get it. He just didn't get it. But 
I think it took us what seven seven singings to get through. Yeah, and then about nine takes of the video. Yeah, <laughs> do yeah that that by far is my favorite. Although I like some of the other singing videos as well. I gotta admit, which one's your favorite? My favorite is definitely the acronym song. Um, I mm-hmm. also enjoyed the uh, the one you just posted. Uh, we'll be back. Yeah. Oh yes, I, I just saw that film. I think uh, with my daughter and and Disney Plus is a great thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. So speaking of, you know, there's plenty of aviation films out there. Captain Roger, what's your favorite aviation film? Oh, Airplane, hands down. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't beat it. For, forget aviation. It is a perfect comedy. I've watched it. I can't count how many times. I mean, I got eight fingers and eight toes. Well, no toes, but eight fingers. And I, I, I cannot, I can't count anymore. I, I need more. I'm like, I don't know, 50 times I've seen this film. Wow. Each time I find something different. Most recently, at one of those little press briefings when the press, you know, run into the little op center mm-hmm. and they're holding up the microphones to McCloskey, the guy who's running everything with a cigar and one of the <laughs> yeah. microphones, an ice cream cone. <laughs> I didn't Did you know that. No, yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah. yeah, one of the microphones is an ice cream cone. <laughs> I just discovered that now. After fifty, after fifty <laughs> viewings. Yeah. Or another thing that a lot of people miss is when Rex Kramer's getting dressed and he's looking at himself through them in the mirror. Then he walks through the mirror because you just forget about it. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. To- yeah, he stands in front of a mirror. And he's looking at himself and he's put, he's standing there as if he's looking at a mirror and he walks right through. It was a doorway, but you assumed it was a mirror because they played it like a mirror. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, I, I grew up watching comedy. that film keep... on TV, but of course on television, it was always edited for television. So, well, uh, you know, growing up, this. it was cracking up, but it wasn't until adulthood and I was already in the aviation industry where I finally was able to see it on DVD. At the time, those are those little <laughs> round things that you used to put in a player, you know, dare I say VHS yep. even further, but this was a DVD and I watched it and I thought, oh, wow, this film's actually pretty raunchy. I like it. <laughs> it was so raunchy. It was, it was, I think it was late seventies. They made it. It wasn't the eighties. I think it was late seventies yeah. and it's just pure gold, pure gold. And uh, ask Bozo, when you get to Bozo, ask Bozo, he's got a second hand, third hand story about one of the actors of that, of that thing. He didn't, didn't happen to him, but the pilot who flew with him swears it's true. So, you know, we'll take it as that. We'll take it. All right. That. I'll ask Bozo for sure. Yeah. But you know, my, I had a big crush on one of the characters from that movie. Cause I used to watch the love boat, of course, in syndication mm. when I was a kid and captain Steubing's daughter was the sick girl in the movie airplane with the IV and, Oh, really? I believe that's her. Yeah. Oh, I had a crush on her. <laughs> oh, you have a guitar. Yeah. That's her line. Mm-hmm. See, that's the line she was given. It. Oh, you have a guitar. <laughs> you know, yeah. I actually flew with an FO who had never seen that movie at a regional airline. Did you revoke their license? I, you know, I, I said, turn in your, your wings and your man card right now. <laughs> yeah. Immediately. Yeah, so if, if they've never seen airplane and if they've never heard of the show wings, you lose your card. That's why uh, our regional alias is Sandpiper. Sandpiper. Yeah, I, I, I recognized oh, yeah. it. I'm the OG. I recognized it right ah, from the nice. get-go. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Or as we call them today, Cape Air. Ah. No. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if Shaloop is still working there. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So uh, last couple of questions for you, uh, Captain. 
you know, do you have any kind of favorite music you like to listen to? Oh, favorite music. I do like the top 10 hits of Sesame Street. Ah. They're great. You know, la, 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 mm-hmm. Elmo song. Yeah. Um, sing a song, sing a loud, sing a song. Yeah, I do like, I'm a, I'm a sucker for musicals. Mm-hmm. Les Mis. I do love Les Mis because flying the regionals, how can you not be Les Mis or Robin? Not French, but I'm miserable, okay? And I identify with Valjean. Always trying to do the right thing and always getting fucked over by the rules. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. that was the only actually character in the in the latest version of Les Misérables that uh, I didn't quite care for is Jean Valjean, not Jean Valjean. Um, Hugh Jackman's not Hugh Jackman. No, the other one, the sheriff. Oh, uh, uh, Javert. Javert. Yeah, I didn't quite care for his. That's because Russell Crowe singing sucked. Okay, I, I didn't want to say it, but you said it, and that I appreciate that. Please know me as Javert. Yeah, I'm here to command. Just something, 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 and I'm stretching out my voice. I think we have another video idea. Yeah, good tonsils there, Captain Roger. <laughs> See, the weird thing is this: we can sing when we're doing my voice or Louis's voice. If it's him, he can't carry a tune for nothing. Yeah, you can give him a wheelbarrow; he can't carry a tune. <laughs> Yep. I love it. So the final question, Captain Roger, where do you see the airline industry in the next few years? The fine few. Mm. Honestly, because this is because we're in a weird time. Let's say five few. to six years. Five to six years? Mm-hmm. Five to six years, I see them getting back to where they were six months ago. Honestly, I do. I think I think in about two years' time travel will start to return to normal. Mm. Then they got to recoup their losses. You know, whatever growth plans they have now for, you know, because they're streamlining the fleets and everything. And all the planes that we love, they're sending to the desert. Yeah. You know, they're like, quick, no one's looking. Get rid of the seven fours. Get rid of the seven fours. You know? Um, Mad dogs, get rid of them. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> but but in five, I think in five years, we'll, be, we'll just be getting back to where we were last you know last spring so you think it'll take uh, about five years to get there i think it'll take about three like if airlines furloughed in about three years all the furloughs will be back on property uh if not for any other reason that it takes time to train everybody again mm-hmm. you know but uh five years i think the airlines are going to be going strong i do good well we appreciate that uh that insight and we look forward to more insight from you and videos Uh, In the second half of the show, we're going to get a chance to speak to Bozo, at least Bozo's uh, representation here on the Squawk Ident podcast. So stick around. We'll be right back after the quick break. You know, wow. it's British Airways. You know, they're on board. They're there. Yeah. You know, that would, I would come on frequencies. British people. I like doing the Russian as well. Oh, yes. Well, no. <laughs> 
Um, it's not Aeroflot 57 yeah, Heavy. I used, yeah, I used to do the, the, the <laughs> lot airways. This is lot air, lot, is lot flight too. four. We put down vodka clear for takeoff. Let us go now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they have a shot before each each takeoff. Yeah. That's what I've been told. Yeah. I've it's been told. Okay. That's some good I mean, hell, vodka. The astronauts got vodka in the mirror, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. Cosmonauts got, got vodka sent up to yes. the mirror station. Yeah, it's part of their customs and courtesies. That's, man. You know, that's like uh, giving an espresso to an Italian. You know, what are they going to do? I don't, yeah, know where I, I don't know where I know that from, but I read somewhere that it was built into one of the panels on one of the modules. Wow. It was sent up. And the first cosmonaut knew it was there. So they can go have some. Oh, they thought of everything. Mm-hmm. That's the way to yes. do it. There is no other yeah. way. Genius. That's innovation right there. Right. Ingenuity. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. Thank you for sticking around for the second half of the Squawk Ident podcast. We do hope that you've been enjoying this episode as much as we have. I don't think I've laughed this much during an episode <laughs> ever. This is just an amazing experience. Uh, I want to, again, yeah. say thank you to our co-hosts, for uh, Roger and Rob, for joining us. And thank you to uh, Captain Roger Victor for giving us a little insight on his journey. Now joining us for the second half of the show, a puppet that represents his his puppeteer puppet master how do you prefer to be referred to as the controller i don't want to say i don't, don't want to say the question. controller okay. of captain roger i don't think captain roger would like that very much i like to be called the operator the operator yes so and and he operator. refers to himself as bozo as captain roger yes. refers to him in all of his videos so uh like to welcome bozo to the show bozo how the heck are you i'm good how are you doing yeah, I'm doing pretty good. All right. You know, having a great time. I, uh, you know, I had a wonderful experience uh, speaking with Captain. I just wanted to talk to you for a little bit and get a little bit more insight on the background of how oh, Captain Roger yeah. got started and, and how this all developed into this really, I don't want to say a, a mascot, but kind of a tribute to the, <laughs> the trials and tribulations and, and the challenges facing modern day aviators and and you've really he's, brought to light a lot of what we deal with on a daily basis well he's he's become something that we never expected him to become he's alive and we can't control him you know now he's uh i mean the goal was just to have fun poking fun at you know when i was working at the airlines and especially at the regional level this the, the everyday kind of bullshit that you go through right yeah really and that's what roger was and I never intended for him to become a mascot or a, or a, a mouthpiece or, you know, anything more than just a puppet doing stupid shit that made me laugh. Mm-hmm. But alas, here we are. Yeah. You know, uh, and the, the story that Roger told in his segment, it, it, there's truth to it. I mean, my wife, she found this puppet at a thrift store and she bought him and brought him home. He didn't look like Roger at all. He looked like a little... He looked like a boy. He was a boy puppet, like a church puppet, I guess. And uh, I took him back to a thrift store. I bought him this little little tuxedo. It's a toddler tuxedo, by the way. Uh, tuxedo. And I went to Joanne Fabrics, and I got gold striping, and I put the striping on the jacket to make it a uniform. Uh, his pin is an actual old U.S. Airways pin oh. that uh, we put duct tape over, you know, so legal mm-hmm. and um and uh and he just kind of i mean if you ever if you ever go back and you watch the first first 
videos, it's clear that we had no idea what we were doing. No clue, no direction, nothing. And we were just throwing shit together. And uh, then that one video went viral and I'm like, aha, that's what they like. And we'll go with that. Yeah. And uh, we've just kind of been riding the wave ever since. Yeah. On your earlier videos, you had more of a Southern uh, drawl to you. Well, that's kind of, you know, you asked uh, the video that went viral, right? Yeah. So when Roger started, Roger was more from, I, 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 I kind of had a little Colonel Sanders, Tennessee, Roger. Mm. That's what he was. I, I always imagine he was from Kentucky, Tennessee, that area, Roger. And um, my wife, who was right by most things, but it takes me a while to realize it, said, drop the Southern draw. Drop it. Yeah. And I refused. And the one first video that I dropped the drawl is the one that went viral. Uh, I could just imagine the yeah. expression on your wife's face with her arms crossed and just looking at you, tapping her fingers on her arm. just like, <laughs> well, again, like, for most things she's right. It just takes me a while to realize it. Yeah. You know? Um, but, uh, so that was the, we actually tried it with my normal voice. So this voice was Roger's voice for that video. Mm. And it's the only video that that is the voice. Roger's voice is a little bit more nasally now. And there's a little bit of a Midwestern-ish type of accent there. And that's so we can differentiate him from me. That, that's, all, that's the only reason why it's there. Yeah, It's easier for me to get into Roger's character if he has a voice. Because... Un uh, people like to think we're the same person. We're not, you know, I'm, I'm a, I am a professional career aviator and I would never do half the things that Roger claims to do. <laughs> well, you what know? a great way to have a release, you know, to have a fictitious, yeah. fictitious, uh, puppet to, to get that energy and that expression and creativity out. Yeah. Yeah, it has been, it's been really nice because a lot of us, we fly and we put up with the bullshit we put up with. And then our friends, they don't fly. They don't understand. Yeah. They don't understand the frustration of, uh, I don't know, a hotel whose iron leaves that black residue on a shirt. Or, you know, stupid, benign stuff, but that to pilots, it's a huge deal because we, we have to deal with it all the time. And, and when you got 10 hours of rest after a 14, 15-hour day, you know, yeah. it, little inconveniences like that really, really add up. So what Roger is doing, it, he's, one, making light of it. You know, two, because Roger's experiencing it, you're like, aha, he gets it. I'm not alone. And then in the little community that we've built with Speed Tape Airlines with so the various social pages, when people all laugh together and they all comment, you can see that, oh my gosh, thousands of other people get this. This isn't just me. You know, it happens everywhere. Yeah. So, you know, it, it, that's been that's been our fun. That's been my fun to see that to see that happen. Yeah. And Roger, did you have a question? Saw so you lean forward. Oh, no, no. Oh. I just so I, Rogers. Rogers lounging in the islands. I'm right. lounging in the islands, and I, and I'm just kind of thinking how I don't think it's any any surprise that this was born out of out of a career at the regional airlines. Just kind of what you're yeah. talking about about how you know there's so many thousands or tens of thousands of people you know trying to cut their teeth at the regionals, but just how many things, even how small they are, but over the course of you know, every bid period and every month and every year on how those little things are so aggravating and frustrating and annoying and make you just drive you absolutely crazy. Because I remember- the bids I'm, are late by a day. 
Mm. I I flat out quit because of because of stuff like that. Um, mm. But you're right. You you have no release for it, and I think that it's fantastic that you were able to find a satirical way to to basically air those frustrations and get them out in yeah. a healthy, funny, satirical way. I'm glad you call it healthy. <laughs> well, you know, healthy is all relative, right? Yeah. I'm glad you call it healthy. We're still trying to figure it out. We have more puppets than any one person should. Aren't, aren't we all still trying to just figure it out? Now, is it scary when you're, uh, you know, come into the room late at night and you feel all these eyeballs staring back at you? For me, no. But sometimes I'll place a puppet in our closet in the bedroom downstairs because it's just easier. And it's like if Roger's in my backpack, when I come back from a trip, I'll just put him in the closet. And then it freaks out my wife every now and then. Mm. You know, so I try to be more cognizant of it. And I try to keep them all up here in the box. Yeah. They're kept in a box. Yeah. Do you have any scary puppets that you haven't uh, shared yet? Like, uh, I don't know, like Chucky-ish or... No, 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 no. Because those freak me out. Family friendly. (laughs) No, we don't have anything that's uh, that's really freaky. We have puppets that you've not seen. You know, we've got a dog. I mean, there's a rat we use twice, I think. Uh, The rat's name is Acars. Um, Oh, was that a rat? I thought it was a bunny. (laughs) No, he's a rat. (laughs) Acars is a rat. (laughs) It's the same family. It's a rodent family. Yeah, Yeah. Uh and we have uh, we have actually a guy named Foqua. Hmm. Uh, there was one video I did with Foqua because I figured that's all, that's all I can get out of him for a bit. Um, but uh, Foqua is actually the only puppet that I handmade myself. Cool. And, and for those yeah. listeners who may not be pilots, uh, Foqua yeah. is flight operations quality assurance. Snitch. What? I didn't say it. Uh, in, uh, AKA snitch, as you mentioned earlier, as, as Captain Roger Victor mentioned it earlier. But it cannot be used for disciplinary purposes. Yeah, right. (laughs) So this all started out when you were living overseas in in Israel as a as an adolescent and you were in this Anglo neighborhood, as you've mentioned before in some previous interviews. And uh is that right? And and you Yeah, you're getting it right. You've done your research. Yeah, I did. I I do the work. And uh yeah, so you were living there and you had uh families that you would play with their children and you they had a puppet of i was Kermit. a child too so that that sounds weird let's preface it well, i was a child okay <laughs> so you're playing with the with the younger kids and yes. and one of them the mother had a kermit the frog puppet a relatively yeah. high quality Hold kermit on. the frog puppet and and oh there he is hello and uh there he is. Yeah. and uh and you were doing little puppet shows yeah. to entertain the kids is this where the passion and the drive for puppeteering started 100 percent, 100 percent. it did because i like that the uh, once the puppet was there the kids just focus on it you know and i mean these were kids who were 10 years i mean i was like 12 13 so this was like mm. you know two three-year-olds and the puppet just kind of took them out of it and they just watched the puppet i love that i can captivate their attention make them laugh and giggle i it was a challenge to try to do the voices of kermit you know and there was Kermit, there was Cookie Monster, there was Oscar the Grouch, there was a Burton and an Ernie, you know. So it was, it was fun. It was just pure fun. But uh, I gravitated towards Kermit because I felt that he was, um, you can articulate Kermit's face. So, yeah. I mean, Bozo's here, and I'm going to talk now. You can see my ear. Hello. Uh, unlike with a puppet like this guy, right? Mm-hmm. This guy, for example. He's, he's solid foam. 
So there's only so much you can do with the face. You can open the mouth, you can close the mouth. This guy, you can open and close his eyes. But if you want to do a motion, you have to tilt a head with a different combination of facial expressions, right? Unlike the Kermit puppet, and my God, my hand is a lot bigger than it was at the time. But with the Kermit puppet, oh my gosh, he's old. He's an old Kermit. You can give different facial expressions with him and you can make him, you know, you can be kind of mad, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. or you can give yeah. him things like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, you can make Kermit happy, you can make him sad or hmm, you're confused. Hmm? Like that, you know? So that's why I liked Kermit because you could do so much with him. He's a, people look at Kermit and he is beautifully simple and deceptively simple in his design. And that's why I gravitated towards Kermit. Excuse me, the hand gets sweaty after a while. <laughs> <laughs> and yet he still puts it back in my head. Yeah. yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, so it all started out with, you know, Jim Henson's Kermit the Frog and, and your ability to make your, your friends and the neighborhood kids laugh. And you mentioned at one point that there's a separation between puppet and operator that even though you're both sitting there right in front of the viewer, the viewer completely has this suspension of reality that you are operating the puppet and the puppet now becomes more than just the character, it becomes real. And it comes alive. It comes alive and, and, and this is really a pretty addicting kind of thing to be able to manipulate and control. Is this what really pushed you to puppeteering? I mean, were there other puppets between what you got when you were a, a young person, a teenager uh, with Kermit to now Roger Victor? Was there any other puppet along the way that you kind of gravitated towards to help develop? Um, I mean, yes and no. I mean, there's, it was still a Kermit puppet. My wife found, uh, we were at a different thrift store. Thrift stores are great, by the way. Uh, we found a Kermit plush doll. A pretty good sized one. And my wife being the the talented woman that she is, uh, she has the skills and knowledge. She turned the plush doll into a Kermit puppet. So the only other puppet I've ever had between that Kermit doll and Roger, really, was, well, yeah, I mean, was that Kermit. There was like a little clam, little clam on a stick mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, but that's that's the real that was the first, it was the, that, the, I'm going to call it Nostalgia Kermit. Mm-hmm. Then it was Stuffy Kermit, Clam on a Stick, and then Roger. And since then, we've had, we have like, I don't know, we have all cast back there. You know, not, not everyone's seen. But also, you were talking about the illusion where, where the puppeteer kind of fades into the background. And if any one of you guys are watching versus listening to the podcast, I'm sure that af- after a certain about maybe three minutes, you stop looking at the shoulder over here. Yeah. And you just watched Roger, you know? True. Yep. You know, cause, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. And, and I tell the story a lot that you can find a YouTube clip of Jim Henson on the Arsenio Hall show. And uh, he brings Kermit onto Arsenio Hall. Yes. And he's just sitting there on the chair with Kermit in his lap and he does Kermit the Frog. And while he's doing Kermit the Frog, you just forget about the tall, lanky man with a beard behind him. And you're just watch, talking to Kermit the Frog. Yeah. And this is something we've seen also when we bring Roger out on the road and we don't bring him out of the bag a lot in an actual airport. But when we bring him out on the road and we interact with crew members within 
two seconds, the crew member's not looking at my eyes, Rebozo's eyes, rather. They're looking at Roger's eyes. Mm-hmm. They are fully immersed and in interacting with the puppet. And for, my, for me, that is the beauty. That is the magic. Yeah. That is, yeah. th- th- that's why I love doing it. Because it doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, it started working with, working, you know, with two-year-olds and three-year-olds. But I can get adults to react the same way. And that's, that warms my little heart. Yeah. Yeah. That video you mentioned with Arsenio Hall, I've seen that many times. And, and you look at Arsenio's expression, he is in awe and, and, and you can see the love that he has for this puppet that's sitting on Jim Henson's hand. He could, like you said, he completely forgets the fact that there's a grown man here operating this thing. And he's just, he has nothing but love for Kermit. And as we, most of us wonder. Yeah. Yeah, it really yeah. is. So would you say that spending your adolescent years in Israel has given you a little bit more rounded perspective to the importance of the fact that you should never forget to be silly? Perhaps. I mean, growing up in Israel and I mean, okay, look, we've been using the puppet as kind of like a, as a weird, like, you know, this is Bozo, but I'm just going to put the puppet down. Are we cool with that? Yeah. Okay, I'm not showing my face because that kind of ruins Obviously, the stick. Absolutely. But, yeah. Yeah. So... It's weird talking about my childhood with a puppet. Yeah. That's a little weird. Um, <laughs> even for me. But uh, yeah, growing up in Israel gives you a certain, a different perspective. I mean, I know that in America you get the news and whatever, but it's different when you're living it. And I grew up during the, um, the second intifada when it was just rising and you had bus bombings and, and, and cafe bombings all the time. Uh, so people always ask, what's it like growing up? And it just becomes part of life in a way. And you just got to, I'm not saying you, you, you don't consciously make the most of every moment, but a lot of things that people might perseverate on and, and just develop into larger dramas hmm. just aren't just, you just don't care about that kind of shit anymore. Yeah. You know, that's not really important. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not important to a specific person, but like things like, oh, I stepped in a puddle and my shoes wet. Oh, well, I could have died in a bus bombing. So, okay, give a shit. Right. You know, things like that. Yeah, I've, I've known pilots over the years. The reason I've asked the question, and I do appreciate your response, is there's, it's pretty apparent after you fly with someone for a little while, or if you have a friend that you've known for a little while, it's pretty apparent that when you experience a different culture, a different language, um, especially uh, a culture that comes from difficult background, different political theaters, uh, maybe a different religious theater, uh, you have a different perspective. I think I like to say it's a more broad perspective uh, about life, about how we should react to things versus someone who only knows there are maybe five square miles of life mm-hmm. and everything is a big deal. It reminds me actually of a time when uh, one of my best friends in high school, his father was the chief of police for Oakland Police Department. And, you know, I spent many nights, evenings uh, hanging out at my buddy's house and his dad, uh, would sit down and speak to us being young men and, and try to steer us in the right direction and be supportive and all that thing and tell us stories from 
that were acceptable to tell the 12 and 13 and 14 year olds um, about his work. And he said, you know, the difference between a big town cop and a small town cop is that the big town cop doesn't have time for that petty little shit. They've got real crimes and real emergencies to deal with. The small town cop is going to pull you over for the illegal license plate frame that you just got a ticket for. And, mm-hmm. and it's because of perspective. And, and you, you kind of, I appreciate you mentioning uh, your view on it. And, um, you know, it's definitely something that I often think about uh, when I meet someone that uh, comes from a background where they spent a part of their childhood, at least, uh, in a different country. Um, and I thank mm-hmm. you for, for sharing that. No, oh, I mean, happy, happy to answer. Got serious. Um, <laughs> so, sorry, it kind of got really serious. Uh, and dark there for that's my fault. I'm, I'm <laughs> digging yeah. in that hole. Well, you know, Captain Roger Victor has come to life. And, you know, you mentioned a little bit, you know, Roger told us a little bit about how that got started. And, and you mentioned a little bit about how, you know, it was just a thrift store find. And, and with your wife's help, you were able to develop this puppet that ended up going viral. Uh, on a on a simple short video about the realities of the little pet peeves that we have in this industry, uh, what is it that made you continue to develop Roger Victor? Is it just a love of or a passion of puppeteering that you want to continue to develop beyond Roger Victor, or or what's going on there? Well, I, I have no aspirations to become the next Jeff Dunham. I do not. <laughs> you know. Uh, I always joke that if the Henson Corporation called me tomorrow, I would drop aviation in a heartbeat. Mm. Um, I mean, can you imagine if I could be a, a Sesame Street puppeteer? I think I could retire from aviation happily, you know, and and, and puppeteer my little my little Elmo or whatever it would be. Um, but what drove me to continue it, um, especially after the first? I mean, it's almost three years now. I think. Coming up on three years of Roger Victor now hmm. um, was more of I found an audience. You know, I, I could puppeteer to a wall, I could puppeteer for myself, but I found an audience and I found subject matter that I knew inside and out. I knew that no one really was talking about it. Hmm. Uh, I mean, you look at you look at your friends in the industry and. I mean, I've flown for several regionals, and what I've noticed is that people at my last regional were complaining about shit as if my last regional invented the the, the practices and all the things that irk us. When really, it's every airline. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, sure is. They just don't know any better because they've never been on the other side of the fence. So I've I figured I, I could I could raise not raise awareness, but raise awareness that it's not just you. It's all of us, and we all go through it, and we all. This is why pilots on a on a jump seat always have what to talk about, you know, yeah. because the the experiences are so similar across the board. Yeah, you might fly for mainline airways, or you guys call it legacy air, or whatever, and they got different paint on the airplane, and the and the rewards programs are different. Some of them are platinum, some of them are miles, and when some of them might be floral arrangements. I don't know what they're calling them anymore but in essence the job is the same yeah the struggle is the same and when you can show through humor that your struggle is not just yours it provides an outlet it also what i this is going to go into some territory that pilots are like talking about mental health awareness when you can laugh about something it helps you cope with it very true yes 
So if you don't have, we're very, in, you know, in the aviation world, we're very strict. We're, we're SOPs, we're QRH-driven checklists, and this is what we're going to do when the, uh, the emergency is happening. Feelings go out the window, and we are machines, and we get the job done, right? But we are also so pent up and pressured of, well, if I say this or if I even mention this, then my chances of getting on in a mainline are, are slim because the recruiter might found that I wrote something about something three years ago on, on, my, on my space. And, and oh, my gosh. So then you really you end up bottling things in because you have nowhere to, to express them. Yeah. Uh, and what Roger has, and I think this is why Roger is as popular as he is, is he provides it an outlet and a conduit for people to, to, to express those frustrations through humor and positivity. I try to be positive. I mean, Roger's always talking about negative shit about the industry, but I try to do it in a positive way. Sure. You ever, you ever see Robin Hood Men in Tights? Yes. That movie? Mm -hmm. Tell me the bad news in a good way. <laughs> you know? So I'm trying to talk about the bad shit in a good way yeah. uh, to make you laugh. And I think that's why he's popular. And I think that's kind of why I continued with it, because I felt that there was still more to talk about mm. with him. You know? and. I'm considering a major shift for Roger's dynamic recently because I feel like I, I've, I've beaten the airline world to death already, <laughs> but there's also the charter world and the 91 corporate world uh, coming for oh, you, yeah. Roger. I am down in St. Martin. <laughs> hey, hey now. Okay. Um, so I, I'm considering Roger changing not careers, but possibly going into speed tape charters. There you go. And we'll see, nice. we'll see how that goes, which is a totally different thing entirely. And I'm not sure if Louis is ready to make the commitment to a higher end product. <laughs> <laughs> well, you definitely will have plenty of material if you d decide yeah. to go that route. There's definitely plenty of material. I mean, we were joking before about Roger's uh, crew meals, but uh, I like to joke about the 135 charter side as cookies. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but they're not as good as um, Doubletree cookies. Well, nothing is as good as a double tree cookie, especially at midnight when they make a fresh out of the thing when they got the nuts. Oh, oh yeah. So uh, but um, I currently am, I've left the airlines almost two years ago, more than two years ago myself. I'm on the 135 side of the fence hmm. right now. So I have more than enough ammunition in my, you know, in my bunker to pull from for stories and other things. It's a whole, it's a different side of aviation, but it is a huge side of aviation that airline guys often just kind of brush off. Yeah. They don't even consider it, but there's a lot of advantages to it. Some disadvantages, but a lot of advantages to it. So if I can now hit that part of the industry with Roger, I think that's, it's a, there's a lot of fresh meat there. Yeah. Well, I look forward yeah. to, uh, to seeing that and checking that out because that transition would, would definitely suit a lot of the pilots that are currently getting furloughed and transitioning yeah. and trying to find jobs in the private sector, the charter sector. And, and yeah, you, the audience will continue. I believe that that won't be a, uh, an issue. Um, yeah. I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about the audience. I think the audience is on board for the ride right now. I put them through enough abuse. I think they're here. <laughs> they're, stuck, they're still around. They're, they're, they're here for the long haul. So you, you ended up with this, uh, you know, thrift store find and, you made a couple of videos that kind of exploded uh, months into when you started. My friend. There you go. My friend. Oh. And, and <laughs> so what was the biggest challenge to get these videos up? And what were the biggest um, fears that might come back to bite you? 
The biggest, well, you know, it's easy to make a website or make a page and get the video up. Um, the biggest challenge was getting people to see through the novelty of it and to see what I was doing. Uh, the, the, in the beginning, the reception wasn't so warm to the videos, but again, they were rough on the, around the edges. I didn't know where he, I didn't, I didn't know who the character was yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some guys at the airline. Cause again, I never really hid this from anybody. I know I'm off screen right now, but that's more for just like the, 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 the mystery, the mystery of it yeah. right now. Sure. I'm mysterious. Um, you don't want to see my face. Roger looks better. I promise you. Uh, but uh, there was a lot of um, high school level backlash I got mm. from people who heard about what I was doing. Uh, and it was, it was rough to, to get through that. You know, it was a typical machoism kind of thing. Oh, he plays the puppets on the overnight. But, you know, on the average, on the average four day trip, Roger spends most of the time in a bag. You know, I only bring them out if I have something to talk about. Yeah. And the reason I bring them on a trip is because the videos that are most successful are the ones that I do when I strike when the iron's hot. Yeah. Something just yeah. happened that day. It's fresh in my mind. I got the fresh take on it. Get to the overnight, go grab some dinner. Afterwards, Roger's on the arm. Spend 10 minutes making a video. Not even, you know, I put it out to the world and I go to sleep. And the next morning I see it's kind of like casting a net when you're fishing. The next morning I reel it in to see what the reaction's like. Mm-hmm. You know? nice. um, so that was the most challenging. The, the biggest fear was that I'd lose my job <laughs> from it. Yeah. So I, I've been very careful. And you guys take the same kind of measures on your podcast. I didn't want anybody to think that I was talking about my specific airline I was flying for, mm-hmm. which is why I invented speed tape airlines, which everyone understands. You say speed tape airlines, everyone in the industry gets what you're saying. You know, yeah, they understand. But I never, I never intended to, or I try not to single out a specific carrier. Right. And to date, only one carrier has actually contacted me and said, Hey, you crossed the line, take that down. Um, and they did so while admitting that it was funny as fuck, but they were <laughs> taken down anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a big fear for yeah. us as well. I mean, a lot of aviators that I've flown with, especially lately, are not even on social media in any way mm-hmm. they're they just nope i'm not on there i don't i'm not going to risk my job and career or have somebody you know shame me into having to step down or lose my job because of something i may have said you know 10 years ago or something you know so you really it's it's too bad that the society has has become this this shaming society this cancel culture uh, if you would well, let me flip that on you let me flip that on you. I'm going to say something really controversial right now. And here's your scoop for your, for your podcast. It's a shame that we as aviators have succumbed to the Stockholm syndrome of the industry. That we give so much to this industry. We sacrifice our family time at home. We constantly find ourselves reluctantly or even voluntarily putting the job first. Mm. That one more flight has to get out. They need me to volunteer. There's no one else to do it. I have to do it. To the point that we are afraid to express our own opinions amongst our friends on a social media site for fear of what Big Daddy Mainline might do to me. So I don't know if it's really society as much as it's this 
this reality that we have created ourselves. Yeah, there's a lot of so truth reminded. to that. I mean, there's something about, about protecting yeah. the brand, and then and that's good. You should protect the brand of who you fly for. Yes. But at what point does your personal life stop and the brand begin? Yeah. So if you're at the point that you have to stay off social media, I'm not saying you should get on Facebook. It's addictive, and then you can't get off of it. It's yeah. <laughs> Does it do good or bad? I think it does a little both, but it's it's definitely something you can live without. But to say that you're not going to go on it for fear of, then your life is no longer your own and you've sold out to your company entirely. Uh, and there has to be a line. You can't just be the airline captain. And I know I'm speaking from experience because I was that. Uh, and and in my real world job, I carry a lot of responsibility where I work. You know, I'm a little bit, I'm, a, I'm sort of a figurehead where I work. So I understand protecting the brand. But at some point, you also have to have your personal life. And you cannot be tied to flying. It's like when you interview, they ask you what your hobbies are. They want to know that you, you, you have something outside of this, you know? Yeah. So I got this and I built models for the hell of it. I'm going to show off a model. Oh, my face. The little models I build is a 152 and a little diorama. Nice. That's cool. And I have, you know, I got a kid and I, I have a, 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 my, my wife and I love everybody and, and my family. So, you know, to say it's not cancel culture, we cancel ourselves on it because we're afraid of any sort of backlash. They don't have social media because they're afraid that, oh, someone's going to see something and they're going to shame me. They're afraid that, oh, someone in HR is going to see it and I'm going to lose my job that I have sold myself on for since I've been a child that I want to fly for them. Yeah. I'm still selling myself out for it. There's a certain mainline out there that if you're listening, I'm interested. But, you know, <laughs> uh, so I, I, and I understand it. And I understand it, but there's, there's gotta be a line. Yeah, no, it's very true. And, and there's a lot of truth to the fact that it's a choice that you make. And if you're making a choice to protect, you know, your job, but your job is not your life, everything. Like you said, you have to balance your life with all the other responsibilities and not, not be afraid to share it and to celebrate it. And I think that's really what makes part of Roger Victor so so powerful is that he's sharing all the things that we talk about, but we would, you know, a lot of us don't share that in public for fear exactly. that it, you know, uh, what do you mean? You, you're, yeah. somebody fell asleep in the cockpit with hundreds of people back, what? You know, allegedly. Um, so, allegedly. <laughs> so yeah. I, allegedly. Yeah, I can totally appreciate that. At the same time, I do think that uh, at least in the last maybe 12 months, uh, there has been a lot of extreme backlash because of social and economic uh, culture in the United States and around yeah. the world. And so we shouldn't be afraid to to speak our mind, but just because I disagree with you doesn't mean that I'm your enemy. You know, I, Oh, that's a different thing entirely. That that's, that's a different thing entirely. And then we, and, and that's, I mean, that's not something new. That's been brewing for decades now. And so I think specifically, I don't know if it's specifically a United States thing because of the politics of the United States over the last couple of decades. This is not one person's fault. Right. This is something that's been brewing for a while. But you can't just shut everyone out that you don't agree with. 
Very true. Uh, especially in in uh, uh, an industry where people's opinions are so diverse, and you have such a lot of alpha personalities. You know, mm-hmm. um, very structured, very uh, a lot of yeah. military background, a lot of uh, you know, you do it this way, and that's the way it's been done, and that's the way you're going to continue to do it because that's right. Oh, oh, that, that, those are those are the wrong words to tell me specifically. If you tell me that's the way it is, watch me change it. Yep. <laughs> you say that's the way it is. That's the way it's always been. Watch me change it. Well, think about it. Why does a junior? I'm going there. Why does a first year first officer have to make half their salary that they would make year two? Don't tell me it's so they can recoup the cost of training. That's what they sell us. No, that's what they sell us. That's what they sell you. And that's what we've accepted. Well, if you're going to be there for a lifetime or a career, then couldn't you recoup a little bit every year for, you know, why do you have to recoup it all in the first year? Because you're going to leave? Well, exactly. How bad is your company if you're going to leave after, you know, the first year? Well, you're going to make me leave. There was a low cost carrier that I got a job offer to that I actually respect what they're doing. I think they're a good company to work for. But I could not afford to live on their first year salary. I wanted to, but their first year salary was abysmal. Mm. Abysmal. Why do you have to treat your employees that way? Because you can, because that's the way it is. And what happens is you get the senior pilots who say, Well, I had to do it, so now you have to do it. Instead of lifting the bar, they're just like, Well, that's what I had to do. So you have to pay your dues. It's the same with furlough. I've flown with That's captains like, well, I've been furloughed yeah. three times. Uh, you guys you yeah. stop bitching about being furloughed. Yeah, you'll figure it year. out. Yeah, Wait, that's what? the mentality. Then. Yeah, we had that's to stick together. Mind. I mean, that's that's the whole, that's the foundation to, to this podcast. It's the foundation to the way I operate in the industry. Um, anytime I'm in a, in a position of, of leadership, that's, we need to stick together. That's the foundation. Yeah. We've got to be kind to each other. We need to lift each other up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even if you go the more business perspective or the more traditional corporate perspective as you're only as strong as your weakest link, well, then stick together and, and strengthen all those links so that we're all strong. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I also wanted to ask you a couple questions about who your favorite puppeteer is. If you think about who's the one that you admire the most, who would that be? Wow. I'm going to disqualify Jim Henson because it's an obvious answer. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, you, you got to think of the Henson puppeteers in general, right? Mm-hmm. And I think I'm going to go with Frank Oz, and I'll tell you why. Jim Henson grew up with a love of puppetry. Frank Oz did not. Um, Jim has been doing puppets since he was a teenager. So he kind of, you know, Jim is Jim Henson. He's legendary, but he hired this guy to be what's called a right-hander. Do you know what a right-hander is? The, the separate operator that operates the right hand of the puppet. Exactly. Cause you know, you got the head and you got your left hand doing the left arm of the puppet. Mm-hmm. Someone's got to give the other dead arm life. Like cookie monster so, or any of those characters. Yeah. Swedish chef. Actually, Swedish chef is done differently. Swedish Chef is, is uh, I'm going to segue here. Swedish Chef has one guy doing the face, mm-hmm. and then another guy is doing both hands ah. from beneath. That way they can manipulate and cook. Otherwise, it'd be too hard to, to coordinate. coordinate. Anyway, so I'm choosing Frank Oz because Frank had to learn it as someone who didn't grow up with a passion, but developed the passion for it. Mm. And in many ways, he was as good as Jim, if not a little better in some ways. Uh, Frank has given us. 
He's given us Miss Piggy. He's given us Fozzie Bear. He gave us Yoda. You know? Yeah. Um, and his his dedication to it, he always looked at it from a I don't know. It's just, it's just his, his, his drive wasn't from the love of puppetry as much as wanting to create art art. And that's, I don't know. I just found it. I just find them very inspirational that he, he literally joined this guy. He didn't know to act as a right hand and a puppet. Mm -hmm. And he, he just developed his skills and rolled with it and he just fell into it. And it was something he was great at. I don't know. It just, yeah, I like him. He was also a straight talker, and I like a good straight talker. If you ever watch interviews with him, yeah, I'll have to check some out. Rob, what about you? Do you have a, a favorite puppet or puppeteer? No, um, I apologize. No, it's just not not my kind of thing. But um, <gasps> I do, I do, I know, but I, I do, I I do recognize <laughs> the extreme. You know, seriously, the talent and the. Uh, you know, the artistry and the, the creativity that goes into it. It's amazing. I mean, but growing up, did you not watch you, anything? Uh, Sesame well, Street I, I watched the Muppets, the Muppets and, and stuff. Yeah. yeah, I definitely watched the Muppets, mostly uh, Sesame Street also. And um, I mean, I think who didn't, you know, most, most probably kids our age did, mm -hmm. you know? Uh, and so it, it, it's, it's still amazing. It just didn't hold my, you know, once I got into other things, it didn't hold my attention, but um, you know, gosh, everything that he was talking about, um, is true. You know, I mean, once the, 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 once the, you know, the Muppet starts moving and talking, I mean, you just lock onto them and you totally forget who's behind it. Right. And, um, it's, it's astonishing. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And anytime I see, you know, I mean, obviously Jeff Dunham is probably the most, you know, popular one nowadays, I guess, because uh, you know his Jeff comedy Dunham is stuff. Incredible. Yeah, it, it, I mean, I, I, you know, I've seen a couple of his shows, and you know that that's that's funny stuff. Number one, but number two, it's 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 very entertaining and it's magical. You know, it's just amazing that he can put together a whole show just based on you know all of his characters. You know, Ahmed the terrorist. I mean, that's probably one of my favorite. Who would have thought of that? Yeah. <laughs> that talk about that's uh, perfect. Talk about drawing new lines in the sand, man. I kill you. That's <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. And no joke. So, I mean, and you can get away with a lot of things because they're puppets. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. just a puppet. It's, it's, it's not amazing. real. <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's awesome. It, what about your daughters? Uh, I, Are they I, into I gotta uh, Darcy too. Lynn or any of the AGT fame from? She has the bunny and she's the winner of a My America's kids? Got Talent. Yeah, they watch any of those shows. Oh no, honestly, they don't. You know, uh, funny ass. They're they're so busy with their believe it or not, we keep them very busy with sports and and school. They have very little time for um, for TV. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, my, my wife and my kids have kind of uh, recently just got hooked on some, uh, you know, series or show that they're watching mm, together. So, binging. um, but yeah, yeah. yeah so hey, a lot of that it, going it's, on. It's kind of nice though. TV. It's art. It's art. It, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about Roger? What about you? Are you, uh, do you have a favorite Muppet puppet from when you were a kid or even now? I don't know if I really have the... I have a favorite puppet. I mean, kind of just like Rob was talking about, I didn't necessarily have a 
the great appreciation for it that even actually sitting here for the last last couple hours that I never really thought about how you do engage with the puppet. You know you're talking to a puppet. You know you're talking to a sock, but you put you glue a couple eyes on a sock, and all of a sudden you're looking into the eyes of a sock. It has a soul, <laughs> damn it! It has a soul. Now that you I never say really, that, I never thought about it, but it's a hundred percent true. And it takes two seconds, and all of a sudden you will interact with a sock or a puppet. Um, and even I, and I think I know over the past the past two hours, I have a much bigger appreciation for it. Um, you know, as Jeff, well you should. <laughs> hey, mm-hmm. Captain Roger. Um, just Rob. obviously from no a favorite puppet Rob. standpoint. Um, My new favorite captain has always been uh, uh, that has always been um, amazing to me. How you can again what Rob was saying. He created a whole show and then he doesn't even lo- move his lips. And then there's the whole the whole point where you can get away with so much as a puppet and you can say things that you can never say as a person and you can, you're standing less than a foot away from them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The guy who's saying it. <laughs> yeah. They're a sock on your arm and you're standing right there, but all of a sudden it becomes okay. And you can become Ahmed, the dead terrorist and say, I, I kill you. <laughs> Whatever you want. Silence. And, or, and, there's, and so all of a sudden there's these, like I say, even in the past two hours, I've, I've you know, cause I've mostly been sitting here just listening and it's like, you know, this, how much how it really is an art and how much you can actually how these socks turn into a real live being a, yeah. Yeah, a character well, well you yeah, know what adds so the believable illusion. too you know what adds the illusion of it really it's it's how you do how you perform the puppet when the puppet's not talking yeah yeah that's what sells it yeah because totally. i could just have roger and not talk and he can just be here or yeah. I'm talking to you, I can have Roger do his own little thing. You know, yeah. and he can just be looking around and he can take a deep breath or before he's gonna bring notice, them to he, life. Actually, yeah. he had a drink yeah. of water before. Yeah. During the awesome. show at some point. Yeah. If you look at the recordings I'm, back, you know, Roger had a drink of water. It's the little <laughs> things you do that bring the puppet to life. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you're talking. Yeah, and I like then, I like when you make him check back with you about some stuff, you know, he's like, right? Yeah. Yeah. We well, that's because I'm a very aware puppet. I'm aware that's awesome. <laughs> that his hand is up my butt. I'm aware. <laughs> it's just like hey, you're, you're getting a physical every time he out manipulates you. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's so awesome. Is this tickle? <laughs> I'd have to say, uh, I'd have to say that, you know, my first experience was with Sherry Lewis who is the operator of Lamb Chop. Lamb Chop. Yeah, Lamb Chop. And I thought, wow, this woman in Lamb Chop. And I never, as a child, a very young child at that, I, I never put two and two together and, and until I kind of started to realize, wait a minute, that's, she's, that's a sock and, and a, with Talk eyes, about a you know, and, and, and she was so sweet and so kind and, and, and Lamb Chop. No, she wasn't. Lamb Chop was, uh, well, she there were two was versions of lamb chop. There was the real lamb chop, and then there's the we want to make a kid show lamb chop. Ah, yeah. No, I saw the kid show one. That's what I grew. I didn't know. I must have only been exposed to the kid. Yeah, one. I, I didn't know there was another. Oh, now you've got chop. me. Sherry Lewis had a bit with lamb chop, and um, she did some raunchy material with lamb chop. Uh, oh, herself. okay, that's it. Sherry Lewis is incredible. After the podcast, Absolutely make sure incredible. you Google the raunchy mm-hmm. Sherry Lewis lamb chop bit. 
I mean, I don't know if she's raunchy as much, but Lamb Chop had an attitude. Lamb Chop was not a kid's Not a kid's bu- yeah, okay. I did not know this. Yeah. It's, it's, but also, if you look at Lamb Chop, she shares some of the traits of Kermit the Frog. She is purely a sock, mm-hmm. Lamb Chop. Yeah. Uh, a sock with a lot of, you know, frill around her. Yeah. And um, you can manipulate so much of Lamb Chop's mouth. Mm-hmm. And you can make Lamb Chop do almost anything, any kind of facial expression. Uh, expression yeah. Uh, which is what made her great. Besides from the tremendous ventriloquy, ventriloquy that she did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you done? Can I talk now? <laughs> no. Right. We're still working on that. Yeah. You know, and I think Fred Rogers was my biggest, uh, to this day, um, my biggest inspiration growing up. And I try to live my life uh, in every aspect. At one point, as what would Fred do? Uh, the kindness, the, the fact that it's okay to be angry, these feelings inside that you get when you're hurt. Um, if I can get my hands on Fred Rogers information, books, documentaries, videos, I'm there. Um, I recently heard a podcast, uh, I think about a year ago, it was, I think a six part series on Fred Rogers. Uh, I think it was entitled, who is Fred? Uh, Wonderful. I'm here. I am listening to this podcast, driving to LAX, going to work, listening to a podcast, and I'm freaking bawling my eyes out driving the car on LA freeways because I'm listening to this. And it is just such an emotional thing of listening what he did for people, what he did in the world. Um, but I've got to say, uh, as an aviator in, in my, uh, dare I say, in my 40s, I, I've got to say, Captain Roger Victor, you are my favorite puppet. Absolutely. There you go. You know? Thank you. And the Thank funny you. thing is, years ago, when I first stumbled across this video, I believe it was the the viral video or maybe one before, uh, and I came home, oh, I told my wife and kids, you've got to see this. You've got to see this. And, of course, I got this very similar expression, and why didn't you think of this? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know. She's like, you can do voices. I'm like, I'm not that good, but okay. And uh, so, yeah, it, I, I got my hats off to you uh, for for creating this character and the many others that you have. Uh, also, you were highlighted in AOPA, uh, the website, the magazine. Uh, congratulations yeah. on that. Thank you. How did that all happen? Did they contact you? Did you contact them? Or how did that start? Oh, gosh. Uh, let's see. I think they called my publicist. And we try to set a date. I don't have a publicist. Don't don't buy that shit. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, how did it happen? Do that too? I think, I, you know, it's been a while. There was a, there was about a year between when we did it and when they ran the actual article. Mm. So I'm not quite sure who reached out and how. I don't remember. But we, this isn't a secret. I mean, if you bought something off our store, we got the return label. We live in Maryland, which is not far from the AOPA headquarters. Uh. You know. Mm-hmm. So we were able to go and go up and, and say hi and and film and, and and just well fuck around for a while up in their studio. They have AOPA TV, so they got an actual studio. Mm. Uh, and that was fun, uh, and it was cool to meet the people there. Good people, love aviation, of course. Uh, they are always wanting to ask if you have uh, renewed your subscription. You know, it's on auto renew. I love AOPA to death. <laughs> But, you know, half your membership fee goes to asking them, them to asking you, you know, you get mailers and things. Like, will you renew? Will you renew? Will you renew? Yeah. Renew? 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 Um, a brand new sticker on my car. Yep. <laughs> Got to get the sticker. 
Now they were great. They were great. They even gave me this lovely coffee table gift. And if I ever get a coffee table, I could put the book on it now. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They were great. I met Paul, met Jill. Um, cool people. Yeah. Uh, we had a lot of laughs. Yeah. Yeah. And how many we got lost in the hallways? How many puppets are you up to now? Oh gosh. That's for you. That's a question for you. I don't know. What <laughs> you, have. you keep us all separate. <laughs> um, <laughs> I got some hidden in a closet. <laughs> Gosh, uh, are they? In, let me count. Are they I in got, boxes? Uh, I got Roger. Yeah, we have the uh, ever so famous Louis. We got Bernard, and those are the three main staples of Speed Dip Airlines. Uh, we have a cars the rat, who we don't see often, but I have him somewhere. I have Reggie, and Reggie was my little bozo stand, and then I was using a second ago, mm-hmm. a while ago. That's the thing with six. I got the Kermit seven. I have Lori. She's eight, not eight years old, but she's puppet eight. Um, I got, well, you have the controller, right? The ATC controller. Well, the ATC controller was a weird puppet. So the Henson company, when they were making puppets for Sesame street, you know, cause they need characters all the time. Mm-hmm. They'll take a base character with no facial features on them. Oh. So I have a head, but nothing else. And they call them whatnots because they're whatnot. They're whatever you want them to be. Oh. So they have drawers of eyes and noses and mouth and, and hair pieces and things. Sure. So they can throw a character together quickly. So the controller in that video is my whatnot. So that specific character doesn't exist anymore. Oh, I see. Is ODM a whatnot too? ODM actually is, where are you? ODM is not a whatnot. ODM is actually awesome. this guy. Um, bring him out. Ah, he's, he's hard to get situated properly on the hand. He's a great puppet. He's just kind of difficult to get on the hand. So this is Odie. Hey. Will be Odie. He doesn't look like Odie now. Yeah, he's got a beard now. Yeah, so this is his original clothing that he came in. Uh-huh. He came like this, and he has a hat. He's he was like, he was sold as a time traveler, like an eccentric kind of guy. Like we're off to discover the world. Yes, follow me to adventure. Ha-ha! You know, <laughs> that's who we that's who he was. But I decided that we needed a mechanic. It was far time that there was no mechanic at Speed Tip Airlines, and I wanted to unveil Odie at on a video, but I have not been able to write one yet mm-hmm. that I like. I mean, I have a couple ideas. I'm not going to share them here. But uh, Odie was going to be like, Odie, you know? And Odie is, he has, a, he has like, a, like a blue kind of mechanic shirt. It's stained with oil. Right. It's somewhere in the stuff back there. Um, and uh, his name is Odie because of ODM, On Demand Maintenance. So it's Odie, ah. O-D-I-E, M, last initial, O-D-M. Uh, you know, some nice. people call me AOG, but I'm ODM. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's who he was. And I, I haven't found a way to introduce him yet. Yeah. But this is Odie. He's uh, my second newest puppet. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And I got a, and I have, I have a dog and I think I have a sheep. Most of them are like, oh, I just broke one of my models. Uh-oh. Oh, well, uh uh, that's a good time for Odie. Around. You're going to break your mind. Come in and fix it. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, you have had a wonderful run 
with Captain Roger Victor. And I know I am very excited to see him in future videos uh, all over the interwebs, on the socials and the YouTubes. Um, You know, it just, he brings joy to many aviators out there. And there's a lot of us out there that follow him. Um, I, I know you have some pretty big moves coming up here with future ideas, with uh, shows and with your, your gang of puppets. Um, and we're looking yeah. forward to hearing more about that and seeing that all come to fruition. Uh, I also want to thank you for spending the time with us today. We've had a wonderful time uh, talking to you, exploring the art of puppetry and how much joy it brings to people and, and really what you're getting out of it. And it just seems like nothing but happiness and, and good things. Well, and I want to thank you for having me on. I had fun. Uh, I, I hope you guys had fun too. I enjoyed meeting you guys and oh, I'm bringing him back on as yes. a little, you know, uh, do you have fun? Well, you know, yes, you had fun. I had fun. I had Good. fun. Well, that's I mean, all that matters to fun. me. Yeah. You know, no. captain, you know? it was great meeting you guys and it was great to be here. And, um, I just want to say to all your listeners out there that we are, and I'll speak for Bozo. We are truly humble. We really are that, uh, these three years we've amassed a following of sorts. What's wrong with you guys? <laughs> But you've stuck through it and you're with us and you laugh with us and and we hope that we can keep you guys laughing. We appreciate every single last one of you. And uh, I know times are tough, but we're going to get through it. We will. I, I have full confidence that we will. Yes, I do. Yes, same here. Same same sentiment here at the Squawk Ident podcast. I know we'll get through all this, uh, Captain Roger. It was a pleasure having you on. Where can people? Find out more about Captain Roger Victor. Oh my gosh, so many places. You can go to Twitter at Capt, not Captain, Capt Roger Victor. You can go to Facebook at Captain Roger Victor. You can go to Instagram at Captain Roger Victor. Those are the three main places. I'm also down at the bar, out of uniform, whenever <laughs> I'm off. Yep. Yes, and the website too. Oh yeah, it's with speedtapeairlines.com. Yeah, and can I book can my next flight there? Eventually, you will be able to. Ah. That is that is the grand scheme of things. Once I, I need a web developer to, who wants to waste their time and do it, I want to develop that website into a full fake airline site. You can go online. You can book a flight. It's going to give you bullshit information about miles. going to. We won't take your money. Nice. Or maybe we will. No, we won't take your. I money. want a ticket. I want to print. Yeah, to print out a boarding card. <laughs> but that's but that's the idea. That site will eventually become a a mock airline website mm. you know that'd be so awesome yeah. yes wow yeah, but, th- but that requires money yeah it does yeah money, money. and time <laughs> yeah. but what else does a puppet have to do on their spare time well it's it's see it's money that's not coming back to us so you know yes think about that and you have mm-hmm. a you have yeah. a speed tape airline store as well where can we find that Oh my gosh, I don't know the link. It's shopify.speedtapeairlines.com, I believe. Okay, well, we'll check it out uh, and put it in the show notes for sure. Orders are going out slowly. I'm letting you know right now. They are going out, but they're going out slowly. Is that because of COVID? That's because I don't want to work hard. Ah. Yeah. Well, thanks for being honest. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Looking like a true pilot. There you go. (laughs) Exactly. That's right. (laughs) A A lot of other things going on. Well, actually, here's the thing. If you guys go to my website, and this is important. This is important. It's October. And it's getting drowned out because 
of uh, of COVID and the elections and everything else, but it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yes. For the last two years, during the month of October, we've been selling a breast cancer awareness sticker. All the proceeds of that sticker go towards breast cancer research. We, we put it towards breast cancer re- research. Last year, we raised about, I think it was like 150 bucks, and then we, we, we matched it ourselves as well. So uh, this year, I guess, you know, people are struggling, but if you got the money and you want a nice little sticker, and uh, hold on, we're going to get it right now. Hold on. We did not plan for this. We got to do better next time. But uh, here, here, this is the sticker right there. Yeah. Yeah. Where can we get that again? At uh, I think it's I think the link is Shopify.speedtapeairlines.com, or if you go to the Speed Tape Airlines website, just go to the pilot shop. Yeah, yeah. definitely so check all it out. All the proceeds of that sticker goes towards a breast cancer, uh, a breast cancer research. You know. Yep, and we will have yeah. a link to all of the mentioned websites and social media platforms in the show notes at the bottom of the podcast player for this episode yes you will well ladies and gentlemen i just want to say thank you for sticking around with us today we had a just a splendid time talking to captain roger victor and talking to bozo about the journey in aviation and in puppetry today If you're enjoying Squawk Ident, we encourage you to visit our website as well at aviatortony.com. That's Alpha Victor, the number eight, Romeo Tango, Oscar November Yankee.com. There you can leave us feedback, you can contribute to the podcast, and you can help us keep the podcast going. You can also leave audio feedback, show topic ideas, and you can see many of the photos we have shared on the Flightline tab and on the Guestbook tab. Facebook and Instagram users can find us under Squawk Ident Podcast. YouTube and Twitter users can find us under Aviator Tony and Squawk Ident. We encourage you to support us on YouTube channel with a like, subscribe, and share. There you can see short clips from the podcast. I also want to take this opportunity to thank you for taking the time to listen to these grateful aviators. Keep the dirty side down out there. Be safe and take care of each other. See you later, everyone. Thanks again, Roger Victor. Thank you. Good night. Thanks, Roger Victor. Bye. Thanks, guys. Enjoy St. Martin. (laughs) (laughs) 